everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. Sunday night, time for a street fight. We're back with another call-in show. We're taking your calls. We want to hear from the people. Brian and I, we're petite bourgeoisie. We're entertainers for a living now. So we don't get to know what real-life work is like anymore. We We need you to call in and tell us what's up. That's why we're here. Every single Sunday night we do this. We take your calls 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. There's room right now if you want to jump in. You can also watch the show with brand new graphics courtesy of Secret Awesome, one of my favorite collaborators of Street Fight. He did the second uh, zine cover, the uh, Acid skeleton we should do something we should make something with that acid skeleton yeah we he should. did he did the support the troop sticker um did the the duke he re re uh, reappropriated the dukes of hazard car for us made it an anarcho-communist thing and so you can find him on twitter at secret flotsam you can find him on Instagram, Secret Awesome HQ, and then on Facebook, just look for Secret Awesome. He has a lot of great animations and uh, illustrations to click around and follow, and he's uh, been a wonderful contributor to the zine. So, this week on Street Fight, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation, we intend to listen to what y'all got to say. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. And as always, uh, you can give us a call one more time. That number, 614-655-3887. And finally, for those of you in Nashville that have been asking, that have been begging, that have been commenting on every Instagram post and replying to every tweet, wondering where those tickets are at, they are finally available. You can go get them from the Dark Matter website. I'm going to use some downtime during the show to go ahead and add them to our site. But uh, if you want to see Street Fight Radio, we have a live show that's happening literally next weekend. So this coming Sunday, next Sunday in Washington, D.C., July 28th, we're going to be doing a show with us, the Trillbillies, and uh, District Sentinel, Sam Knight, Sam Sachs. We got a special guest for that night, too, that I think is going to bring the roof down. We've got a show in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, on Tuesday, July 30th. Lots of people are going to be there. Uh, we've already sold a ton of tickets. Man, my fucking voice is going out. I don't know why. Well, that's a good, I, new, good time for that to happen. It's going out. Good, good news. My goodness. <clears throat> You're like uh, a fucking... Now, here's something. Here's something. That in my shock jock research, all their voices go out all the fucking time. Yeah, that's uh, my it. voice is fucked up. It's like, God damn, dude. How do you make a living doing radio? <laughs> if your voice, my voice has never gone out in eight years. No, live shows are the only <laughs> time that I like after we do a week of live shows, I will have an achy voice and it'll sound really weird when I talk, but um, I haven't lost it all the way yet. But I feel like it was just struggling right there. Yeah, I uh, I so get, let's see, and we also got so people didn't know this. We're gonna do two shows in Atlanta, Saturday, August third. We got a special guest all the way from the um, Goth Caucus of the DSA um, and part of uh, the Antifada movement <laughs> coming out of Brooklyn. They're recording, you know, uh, group that they got up there. We have a special guest in line. We're gonna work on uh, getting. 
together some sort of magical moment with another guest we have on Sunday night. That's also, for those of you that want to see Tanya from the Trillbillies, Sunday night is your chance. That's when we're going off with Tanya. She will be there. So that's the place to be. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, we also asked, added you to the um, we also added you to the calendar, so come get it. And then Nashville, Monday, on the 5th. It's a weird night, but take Tuesday off. Come get fucking wild with us. We're gonna be ready to put this thing to bed and get back home. Right? Yeah. I yeah. think that's it. Nashville is going Nashville's the last show. It's gonna be a big boy. There's we got special guests in Nashville too. We got special Ooh, guests almost got, everywhere. Yes, yeah. very special guests in Nashville. Yeah. It's a crossover event of the summer. It's like when you would watch like uh G.I. Joe and the guys from Mask showed up yeah, on it and yeah. stuff like that. Well, and we're not gonna tell you who. Right. Uh, uh uh in Nashville, we will have me and Brett, our segment of the show will be a crossover with a podcast we have never worked with before in the history of our career. Yeah, never even done an audio with them. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um so uh how's how's uh how you doing? How's your week going? First week back. Um, in the salt mines, recording audio. I hate to do it, but I have to be honest and say my weekend has been horrible. Oh, you've had a horrible weekend. I've been miserable the whole weekend. I've been tired, but why are you miserable? What's happening? It's hot? Uh, you just don't like the heat? Yeah, uh, no, I just, you know, this is something we don't talk about a lot, but uh, I, there has been a period issue in the house, and me and Erica have been fighting today, this weekend. Mm. And it got even worse because yesterday she said that she really didn't like the Jazz and Ribs Fest and didn't want to go downtown and go to it. Oh, man. And I was like, all right, fine. If you're going to go that far and put it down and say, like, this is something I will not do, I will respect it, right? Okay. But then on Sunday she wants to go to the pool. And those of you that have followed me on Twitter – Know that I went to the pool earlier this week, and it took everything out of me to go to the pool. It's the place I hate more than anything in the world. Yeah. I, it's just, I just end up standing around with my fingers in my armpits, like, the yeah. whole time. I'm cold. I'm wet. I'm greasy. It's hot. There's, like, kids climbing all over me. They want, they want me to watch them jump off of the ledge, like, every six seconds. I don't like the pool. So today I said I don't like the pool. And then when I completely stuffed it in her face that she did the same thing the night before, then it was like, you know, the wreckage from that was just like, I needed to go to bed. So I basically slept for three hours a day in the middle of the day because I was just not feeling like being into, you know, being awake at all. Like being, being awake sucked today for me. <laughs> I mean, it was I, I felt like it was coming. I felt like it was going to come, but like it was just things finally just came to a head. And life is about balance. This is the truth is it really is like in last week I was like overdoing it, working like 60 some hours trying to finish this tour and fighting with this fucking venues and bookers and getting so wild up and like really leaning, leaning into like my manic shit that it all comes crashing down eventually. And then I'm just like fucking just don't care about doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I and and that's like real balance though. That's like if you're doing a quadriceps stretch, like you always yes, fall out of it. Exactly like that. It's I like stretching all the time. But I'm just saying, it's like <laughs> like life is a balance, and then you always you fall, no one holds balance forever. There's no perfect balance. There's no such sure. thing as perfect balance. Eventually you slip, 
and you're not going to go to the pool because I hate the pool and you can have your own memory with my daughter without fucking with You don't Charlotte. need to be there. I don't need to be there. I you hate don't need it. To be a pool. I'm going to be so miserable. Me and me and Kate. About 5 minutes before we I had to go earlier this week. First of all, you're half naked in front of a fucking mom from the school, right? Yeah. I'm hanging out with moms from the school during the week, like stay at home moms. Yeah. We're hanging out in fucking bathing suits together. I don't want to do that. I know. I, no, know. Nope. Not for yeah. me. And and like you think that the kids like I just like it's it sucks because like if I was a horrible parent, my kid wouldn't want to be around me, and that's what I want. But I can't be a horrible parent. So now she's like always up my ass and like always have to do stuff with her. And you think she's just gonna go play with her friends, but it's really just like dad watch this, dad watch this, dad watch this, over and over. It's yeah. wild. Yeah, I used to try to work. At I've the been pool. struggling. I used to take my laptop to the pool when I was in college to try yes. to get stuff done, but Never. They just not won't once. let you do. They, you just got to watch them the whole damn time. They want you. It's not fun unless the, your eyes are on them and it sucks. You're like, yeah, you validate all of their excitement. Yeah. Like if your eyes don't, if, you, if your parents don't see you having fun, it doesn't even happen in their mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you have to be there to like verify it later. You're okay. like their history book. I want to say, I want to say something right now. The telephone number is 614-655- Three eight eight seven, and it is on the screen in front of you. We've had like four people ask what the phone number is in the chat, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's right there. It's on the screen. I swear to, I swear to the Lord." Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a week. I'm tired. I'm always tired, though. My new drugs have like really. I don't know what's going on. My new drugs, my new, um, my new drugs. The ones my, that don't make you sick. Yeah. The, the, uh, that's right. Uh, what am I taking now again? Zola. Oh yeah. Give me I the was taking Selexa. Ween has a good song years. about it. Yeah. I was taking Selexa from 2006 and, uh, I was, I, and, uh, it stopped working two, three years ago. And, uh, so I had to switch. I had to get out of it. Switch it up. And uh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a chance. And we had this little break. So it was like, okay, well, I'm going to get off the old drugs and get in, get on something else that works. Because uh, everybody in my life knew that I wasn't doing well. I mean, I don't think it comes off online or on the show. But, like, in my real life, I, like, was actually constantly in a total complete panic <laughs> anytime i wasn't on mic i was like completely freaked out that the whole world was gonna come down so a lot of that's gone away uh the doom impending doom it, the zoloff has begun to cure the impending doom okay okay but it makes me have to take a diarrhea shit in the middle of every day. Oh no! <laughs> Just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, it's that like that sounds like a "Would you rather?" That sounds like a like a Chuck Klosterman "Would you rather?" I'm question. liking the diarrhea. I don't mind it though. Yeah, like I would trade it in. Yeah, I would yeah. take all the happiness in the world for one diarrhea shit every day. It's like you're 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 like diarrheaing out the bad feelings it's, in it's a like, way. It's like Molly. I mean the same thing. Yeah. This is like fucking every day I go on these long walks, right? And I have had to get, well, this happened with the touring too. You have to get. Where is the ticket for dark matter? Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to text it to you. Sorry. Go ahead. I thought it would be easily attainable. It's fucking not. 
I'll get it. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I uh, I don't remember where I was. I got. Um, I didn't mean to cut. I'm sorry. That wasn't. That wasn't polite. I uh, I just I I like been ta- I take these really long walks. The walks have gotten longer and longer and longer. And you know, at, at this point now, I am actually doing um. I'm actually doing like my seven day average for steps is 36,000. Yeah, that's outrageous. Like, that's the kind of shit I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and but- um, so, like, I'm doing all these steps, and uh, I think I just emailed it, the link to you. Thank you. I'm doing all these steps, but I have to stop every day and take a shit in a public bathroom. So, I have like four bathrooms around town now that I have to stop at because of my horrible, my new like diarrhea thing yeah. that it gave me but i'm i'm into it yeah yeah it's i'm not, not into the like, diarrhea i'd hip. rather not like get that you know and yeah, but it's like all philosophical man and like, like part what, of me is like what would you trade for happiness part of me is like maybe it's coming off of the other stuff sure and then it's going to go away at some point uh oh, you want to hear something else that's real private and real gross always getting a boner now it's ridiculous I the the horniness like ban is over for wow. some reason now. Oh I no! Have to say that I'm sorry. I apologize it's to everybody up. who got behind my movement. The but medicine was fucking it up. Well, you know, I er- mean, the medicine didn't keep me from having sex. No, you know what I'm libido, saying? Though, yeah, it was but just like uh, I cared a lot less about it, and now it's just like. What the fuck is going on here, man, with this boner all the time? What's mm, doing? And I'm like, this is different. This is yeah. different, Brian. It's been fucking almost 13 years I've been on those pills. Right. You know? You've had your penis in a cage this whole time. It wasn't in a chem- cage. You've been it chemically worked. castrated. It worked if I tried, you know, if I decided. I. But it's just been a really weird, like, it's three weeks. I've been on this stuff for three weeks, and everything's different. It's very strange. My body's going through a whole different new thing. But you're a whole I- new man. But I guess what I should say is, like, uh, if you're feeling really bad, there's no fucking reason to wait to start working on it. Uh, I started really, really getting bad in probably 2016, 2015, like, where my my anxiety had gotten to a point where I was throwing up before the shows and not the live shows, the motherfucking podcast shows I was throwing up before. And, and like getting nervous and like, I was just scared <laughs> all the time. You, you know? know, one time you fell over outside of the WCRS studio was the funniest shit. Yeah. And Brian and Jason's already laughing. Yeah. You were just like, you just fell over and just like, it was just such a gentle thing. It was like one of those <laughs> classical paintings. It was laying you, down. You were like on, <laughs> it was like, yeah, like you were laying on a shell and just like spewing all the extra food you had in your body out. Like you were some opulent <laughs> fucking victorian fairy tale person yeah it's weird man that's been always a weird there's two things i do when i'm having an anxiety attack and one is barf and one is cough a lot like and i think the coughing is trying to encourage barfing yeah because i feel like after i barf i'm like well then yeah barfing is a good one i mean barfing is you get used to it like it becomes a pretty dude i don't it's a good tool in the book yeah yeah yeah, i don't all those guys that do it in punk bands and stuff those gross punk guys that would barf all over the place people are like i don't know how they do that and i'm like i fucking love it yeah it's like my favorite thing to do 
so easy. You just give into it and it takes over and then it's a wild ride. It feels like your head's about to split open and then, yeah. you know. But then, then it's, it's over and, and then it's, it's over and everything's, yeah, every year it's a brand new you. There's nothing left. You survived a tragedy and now all of a sudden you're thankful to be alive again and you can reassociate. Yeah, it was just a, it, it's, it's been a weird time, but I just, like, it was so, I, I want to just reiterate that, like, I was real miserable for a long time there. Like real sad, real depressed, and just the amount of anxiety was crazy. Like, you know, everybody in my life—well, actually, just two two people—but Brett and, and Brett and Katie were basically talking me down like ninety percent of the time. And like, the only reason I didn't do anything is because we were kind of on a roll, and I didn't want to fuck up the formula. Don't do stuff like that That's yeah not worth it at all and like i don't think i'm fucking up the formula i i i did it and could have done this podcast the whole time and been just as effective as ever you know so yeah switch your medicine if your medicine's fucked up switch it if you need medicine get on medicine it's good stuff it fixes your brain. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to make it so that, like, it's normal that, like, well, I'll just feel bad, and I think that'll make it work, you know? That'll make it probably, maybe if I just deny that that it's not working, then I'll make more sense, you know? Yeah. You got to avoid all that. And just I do love throwing up, it. though. I did. I, love, I did. I love like, I, it made me feel interesting in a weird way. Like, it was like, uh, oh, this guy, he fucking, he can go on stage, he's throwing up. I never threw up before a live show, though. For some reason, I'm, I'm trying fine. to call me out. You call me out. Brett throws up before a lot. I not don't anymore. No, I not stopped. a long time. But not he, until you said something about it on the air. That's yeah. When I, that's when I stopped. You stopped? Yeah, it, that cured me of it. Yeah. That's all I need is like one person observing. One person saying that's a thing I do. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't do that at all. He hasn't. I've never even done that before. He didn't even do yoga <laughs> I'm Joe Biden about it. Brett doesn't even do yoga. Oh, I still yoga. Not, oh, before? Oh, yeah, no, he doesn't before. do it in the back room anymore. He just kind of stands around like me. Now we're. I do a little top rock, basically, a little up rock. Yeah. Like I like just kick the feet like B Boy style. He used to do push ups, and it always reminded like me. What it reminded me of was like uh, back in the day at the beginning of a lot of like uh, comedy specials, they would start in the green room and they would walk out to the stage, and the guy would be shadow boxing. Before yeah. on stage, he's like, I, I'm going to go out there and whoop these people's ass with some comedy. <laughs> I always love that. I thought that was so cool. I've been shadow boxing a lot lately. I love shadow boxing. Yeah. It warms me up. We watched that karate movie. I watched The Art of Self-Defense yesterday. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I enjoyed it. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But uh, he like just like all the karate stuff is like makes me want to do karate now yeah but it's really funny about be- to. because uh the thing that cracked me up about it is um i always thought karate was this like super serious you know obviously there's a cultural thing with karate like it is a real thing you know but uh most there was, of these schools are kind of carny there was a boom yeah <laughs> there was a 1980s boom i got ran through it i did taekwondo but I did it uh, through the Ernie Reyes school. And Ernie Reyes was um, the guy that was Donatello from the live action Ninja Turtle movies. And his son, Ernie Reyes Jr., was uh, in that movie Surf Ninjas, which was popular at the time. So yeah. I got sucked in. My parents got sucked into their school because the fucking Surf Ninja guys school. And they showed up one time at like a parking lot demonstration that we did. And it was just being... They're in and out. Like, you know, it was not, wasn't like any special training or something. It was like they were special guests to watch us, like, uh, kick boards on the fucking asphalt on over on Innis Road, dude. Yeah. Over, over by, uh, 
Yeah, over by uh, what Northern Lights, right across yeah. from Northern Lights in that strip mall in the parking lot out there. Yeah. But it's wild because, like, I thought it was – I thought there was, like, a formalized way to get the belts, but it turned out it was just, like, hey, you do it for a while, you pass a little test, you get a belt. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, they want you to pass. <laughs> it keeps you in. It yeah. keeps you in to think because if I'm getting new belts all the time, I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'm, I'm really doing progressing something. here. But I can then, beat somebody up now. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah, is yeah. I work wait, with, wait, until, wait until you fight someone that actually learned to fight through fighting. But <laughs> but in the 90s, though, I'll tell you this about the fucking 90s. And you might not believe this, and the listeners might not believe this, but in the late 90s, or in the 90s period, maybe even before then, like, a dude could get through life just saying that he knows karate without ever getting in a fight because yeah. there was this dude there's a lot of that registered uh weapons talk right and there was this dude that i went to high school with and i worked with him at kroger both his name was mike and uh he was traditionally the type of guy that would probably get picked on in a redneck neighborhood right and and like the sort of redneck place we live mike would have definitely been a guy that got picked off, but it got out that he was like, uh, 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 I think it was a, now don't tell me, uh, he tried out to be one of the Power Rangers. 100% for sure. Who? He said he did. Oh. This Mike dude, he said, so everybody would just be like, dude, he said he tried out for the Power Rangers, and they don't just let you do that if you're some kind of a pussy. <laughs> yeah, you just wear a... <laughs> You just wear like a undershirt and do bicep curls in your basement, and all, and all of a sudden you're a karate star. And then you know what else they let? What he would do that was genius? Because I guarantee, like any of us, probably I probably couldn't have whipped his ass, but like Jason could have whipped his ass. And they were acting like he's a world beater, dude. Sure, he's like, sure. oh, you ever fucking know this tough guy in school don't fuck with Mike? You know what I mean? But he did this really cool thing that I I could have done. Any one of us could have done. He would sneak up behind you and sort of put you in a headlock that looked like tough. And he would be like, all I got to do is squeeze my bicep and knock you out. And so people would just like, damn, he ever put you in that headlock? And nobody fucked with the guy, dude, ever. In my school, everybody got picked on. I got beat up. Everybody I know in the whole in my whole life got beat up at least once. Mike never got beat up because he fucking convinced everybody that karate worked. And it was so surprising to me to get older because we also knew this guy that was a kickboxer. He said he was a kickboxer. And uh yeah, once again, this is just he it's would, like it's like a dance studio. It's the same as it's the same as Zumba. It's like doing Zumba. But he would be standing out there and doing these high roundhouse kicks. And and like I believed in not this to guy. I'm not I'm not saying not yes, to denigrate no. it, but it's just choreographed moves that you all do together as and exercise to get you sweaty. And right? with kickboxing, and a, even if you're in a kickboxing match, because he was competitive, right? Uh-huh. But there's rules and a kick. Like well, a it's kick a, that's, that's more. That's a little bit more than a workout class. No, but I'm, I'm saying I've been, I've been kicked in the fucking head even with pads on. It sucks ass. Right. Like, no, even but I'm when, saying when all of a sudden you're standing up and then you're like slam into the ground and you're like, what happened? <laughs> you know? Sure. I mean, but I watched Someone, a fight one time. My dude Sean fought this guy named Angel, and Angel knew karate, right? Well, I think he knew karate, and uh, he 
the first move that Angel threw the first punch, right? Angel's like, I'm going to fucking throw the first punch. I ain't afraid to throw the first punch. And this guy is fucking huge. And my dude, Sean, was just kind of lanky and thin and, and kind of a dork. And this guy, this dude, fucking Angel, did a roundhouse kick and hit Sean right here. And, like, Sean didn't even move yeah blink or anything and he just punched the guy in the face and knocked him out it's like a little slap <laughs> i know it was, they're just it was they're, like, not, they're not trained to you, you're not following through kicking a person you're just slapping the air i know but, and it was just crazy like so as i got older i started to figure it out and that you know what i mean well the funny thing for me is so i did taekwondo and we start i started at the ernie ray's place but i moved up to another one and this guy was good he was like a real honorable warrior guy because he would like say he would all the time he'd be like you know all my training and everything if i could ever run away from a fight that's what i would do because i <laughs> really don't want to fight people and, and like Punching people in the face, getting punched in the face, doing all this stuff is too is not worth it. It's better to just fucking run and get away as fast as you can from any bad situation. But, but why learn to fight then? Well, like, I mean, the whole thing about it is when they say stuff like that, you're like, yeah, but you're like still bragging that you can fight yeah. and whip somebody's ass. That's I mean, you, that's like a little. It's basically it's a little seed of like uh, of uh, a way that like you can feel better than other people. Like you can yeah. just have that inside of you like i could probably snap everybody's neck here but i'm really not gonna do it because you know, i'm a good person i run from fights you yeah know, but i would kill that i would kill that murderer i mean um, i just so anyways yeah. uh the thing about it though was hilarious is that so we did like go through the drills and there was like a little bit of they did some of the brazilian uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff very early on there was like an adult class that they offered that so we were just doing mostly forms and stuff, and there were still adults doing our thing. But it, the best part ever is when you would go to those competitions because all the form goes out the window and people either like freeze up or panic. But like the people that are the most successful are just like frantically punching and kicking so fast that the other person doesn't know how to deploy like all of these forms and shit that they're supposed to be doing. And it's one wild kick that just like catches somebody in the fucking ear. And they're just like, all right, stop, stop, fucking stop. <laughs> I need to go to one, man. Yeah, I, I mean, just, that's what it was. It was like, I mean, I would just, it would just be like get kicked in the head and i would just be like fucking done i give up i give up fuck fuck <laughs> it stop i don't want to get slammed i don't want to do that again it's super cool for health and guy, fitness like that's the thing about like karate and stuff like that is like for health and fitness yeah it's, it's great a good workout for the meditative for like for the yeah all of those others i'm that there's a guy i met that i, I should I, that teaches it it's like one of those situations i wish i would have signed up but I, I was thinking about going and seeing what he's doing but how good is it even for like I guess for self-defense, like, knowing how to punch yeah. is probably good. But in the end, like, with self-defense, it's like... Well, as long as you can go and... As long as you can go and grab someone by the fucking shirt collar and have them, like, try to rip you to the ground and feel what that's like, you need to have the experience with knowing what it's <laughs> like when someone grabs you and really tries to fucking throw you down. Yeah. Not like when they're, like, waiting for you to block their punch. Well, that, you know? that's the thing. Fighting is so chaotic. It's, <laughs> it's like a chaotic thing. Every fight, there's never been a fight I saw that like didn't have some like it's just you know you think back on like weird rabbit like, punch makers rabbit punches when guys would just do really small punches to like the corner of someone's eye and then they would just quit once again it would just be too much it's like wow that didn't look very graceful at all and you had you just look like you were frantically swinging around the air you know right and every 
every fight i mean like i i've watched fights like that were next to a car that, yeah. like where the doors open on the car and one of the guys like laying halfway in the car like trying to kick the other guy on his way it's just first of all people don't really ever hit that hard we're all pulling punches yeah. all the fucking time yeah. and like because i th the time i got robbed i always talk about how i got punched in the face and it was not yeah, that guy wasn't trying to hurt me. No, he didn't follow like, through. At all. Yeah, no, he it didn't was, want to hurt me. He it just, was just like, this is how serious I am. <laughs> yeah, I'll You're just you like, He was like, you were sitting there like, what should I do in this? What does the handbook say? And what do I want to do? And then before you could do any of that thinking, it was just like, whoosh, you're like, oh, fine, whatever you want. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is just like kind of a like, okay, so he'll punch more. He punches. He's probably going to punch He's more. actually serious. Yeah, because I've been robbed by people who didn't punch and I was always felt yeah, so bad giving my stuff over like in the end where it was like why not get what? my shit oh my anything? god one of my friends told me they got robbed and this guy like walked up to him was like hey man give me that ipod and he's like man he's like what what are you gonna do and he's like man you make me show you my gun and he's like yeah man i'm not i don't want to give it to you and then he's like he pulled up his shirt and he showed him the gun and he was like god damn he just he's like laid on the ground and so he just laid it on the ground and ran away <laughs> the worst robbery that ever happened to me was when i worked at mcdonald's i was taking a piss in the bathroom and this fucking dude that was like a dick to me all the time man he like basically he only worked there i think to eat cheese sandwiches all day because that's what he would do he'd stand back at the table and hide and make cheese and ketchup sandwiches and just eat them in the back but he uh Smart, because that's the shit that they don't count, right? No, they don't care about. Them. They're counting the burgers. They want. They care about the beef. They don't care yeah. about the other stuff. And this fucking guy, man, he like came in the bathroom while I was pissing and started digging in my pockets while I was peeing. What? Yeah, I was peeing, and he walked behind me Whoa. and just started digging that's in my pockets maneuver. while I was at the urinal. And like I, everybody that I talked to after, he only got two dollars from me. But it was like sort I of mean, the embarrassment of the whole thing. And everybody's yeah, like, you should have pissed on him. Yeah. You should have just turned around and pissed all over him. That's one of those you just know? run backwards against the wall things. Like I always just, thought that was the best robbery anybody ever did to me because I think your you dick's could, out. You're yeah, like, you, you don't know what to do. You can do that to anybody. You Some can do people that. are afraid. They zip their wiener into their fucking zipper uh -huh. and then they're screaming and crying. Most people don't want anybody to see their wiener. Yeah, it's true. Too. You know what I mean? Like, that's the fucking issue. It's like, uh, I didn't want him to see my wiener and then go back into work and be like, I was robbing Brian in the bathroom and I saw his dick. There was really small. Oh, my God. There was this video of a guy that have you, you got to watch videos of like naked people fighting, like when they're really just square up, like all the way, like they don't care. Like that's scary as fuck. Like that's when you need to run. If someone is, is fully out there and they're also like in a perfect fighting stance, it's getaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it was real weird. It, it that guy, he robbed me another time with Well, this is yeah, this sounds like a bully or He something. was. He was cuz I don't know them, what was wrong just with picture, me. Picture just walks up and takes money out of your pockets? Yeah, he was so cool though. Like uh, he was this guy that I thought was really fucking cool. He's like, "Hey man, you're getting fin-dommed." Yeah, he's like, "Hey man, can you give me some weed?" And I'm like, "Oh man, I can get anybody weed." And then I fucking right. got him weed and he was like, "Come and buy it out in the car." And then they pulled a gun out and they were like, "I'm going to take the weed." And I was like, "God damn it." You know what I mean? <laughs> Same dude, and he worked with me. I knew where he worked, but he knew I wasn't going to snitch All right. because I'm not a snitch. That's crazy. Yeah. That, do not do that, kids. That's his word to the wise. Do not <laughs> do – that is not a friend. That's not somebody you ever need to get any sort of uh, validation from. You know what it. You know what it's like when you're 16 and you're no. hanging out at your job with no. older people. There no. were older dudes. It was two no. of them. 
Rob me once. That's all it takes. Yeah. Never well, again. He only got two dollars the first time, and it was kind of like he was laughing while he did it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And he's laughing, and he's ta- but he never gave me the two dollars back. So the, like, it wasn't as jovial. Did he as say maybe. it was alone? <laughs> we were the only two people in the bathroom. Okay. Okay. I don't know it. Okay. Let's go to the next. What topic are you gonna here. do? What are you gonna do? What would you do? You uh, know? I mean. Nothing. Karate stuff in karate class. I, I learned, learned karate. That you would pinch, you'd pinch the arms b- b- behind, right, and you would spin real fast and swing him against the wall, and then back up real hard so that he cracked his head open and died. I don't. That's know. cool. I don't know what you would do. What's going on? This. I mean, before we get to the calls, it's just. Uh, is there any news stuff? Are we? Are we? Uh, missing any news stuff that's happening this weekend i haven't kind heard of news? much we had somebody asked for it. they said they wanted to send us some stuff in the mail and we got some things that i wanted to bring up well we got to get to these damn fucking calls we got calls We've been now talking too much how much calls we got uh 10 we good p.o box 82306 columbus ohio 43202 once again if you want to send us anything in the mail it's p.o box 82306 Columbus, Ohio, 43202. We got here from the, uh, who, who's this from? What's her name? Terry? Open Source Farms. They make tea. We got Jordan's favorite here. It says, Brett and Brian, this is Jordan and Kevin, comrades from the Swampy Woods in North Florida. We own a small herb farm and make herbal tea blends. Wanted to share a couple with y'all. Enjoy. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for what you're doing. Y'all are the best. So we got Jordan's favorite here. And uh, we also got the Florida green, which, you know, we love that. Any green. Any yeah. green. Green really, tea. Green vegetables, green teas, green kratom, green weed. I like green kratom. All of it. We got, a cu- we got one more thing. This this one is, like, real exciting. I feel like it's going to get us in big, big trouble. So I'm going to keep everything about it anonymous except for what we got. And someone mailed us the training video for the Defense Intelligence Agency. It's a special edition, though. It, it looks is. Like it's that. got extended cuts on it. Um, Eleven job profiles. Learn what it takes to be a member of the elite defense intelligence agency. Interactive video. Go right to the content you want. So we're gonna go through this on a Patreon soon. Yeah, we'll we have definitely to. do that when we get back. I want to know what it takes to be a part of the DIA. All right, yeah. Uh, one more. Sorry. Who's got- the DIA? Are they like Ooh, the generic CIA? Finally. I forgot about this one. The DIA is, I think, all of the... Um, I think it's just like a big... Like the umbrella of uh, all the alphabets. Hold on. Ooh, some good ASMR if you want to hear some shit crinkle right now. I'm going to pull your dick out if you've just been fighting in the bathroom. <laughs> listening to a <laughs> podcast. You want to get off now? Don't get beat up in a bat. Don't let people rob Fighting you in the bathroom. In the bath- it looks so cool in all the movies, though. I love it when like people's head gets smashed on porcelain. It's like it just looks uh, the best. All right, what do we got here? This is a new ca- oh ha- honey candy. Oh shit! Florida candy. showed up today. Struthers honey. You know what the thing about Ohio and Florida? They say we're linked. You know, there's Ohio man and Florida man. And uh, one thing that they know is good manners, and they know how to give proper gifts. So uh, thanks for sending this. It says, hey, dudes, I found this weird piece of – I found this weird place off Route 60 in Florida. Their farm looked really cute from the outside, but when I walked in, it was just this weird, empty – 
chamber with jars of honey and religious imagery. No employees, no register, only a cash box to pay. So there's no, it's just like they put, they stock it full oh. of candy and people just throw them five bucks and grab some candy. That's smart though. I would do that. I, I like that idea. Then you don't have to work. Oh, this is from Rigel. Oaf of Largo. Oh, I know Rigel. Yeah, longtime listener. Hell yeah. I love it. You want some honey candy? Yep. I, I know Jason wants some. Finally, some good candy. Honey has honey is sugar, right? That's sugar. Okay. This isn't, this isn't basil candy. This Purple. isn't fucking uh, rhubarb candy. Thank you for sending me good candy. It's honey candy. Thank you, Oaf of Largo on Twitter. I can't. I mean, it's very tightly uh, packed. Yeah, they do. A, they have a get that crinkle. Yeah. Get that crinkle effect. All these kids here and here are going nuts. ASMR. Yeah, they can't. They Man, Cow's been playing a sound that only adults, only teens can hear. Really? All the time, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, they're trying to uh, keep people from hanging out outside of buildings." Okay, I went with lemon for my first, and that's the shit. Lemon's one of my top flavors. Citrus is my uh, top sweet flavor, and I gotta say, this is a good ass candy. Purple is good. I had a purple. Purple. And it's good. I mean, this is just candy, though. This is like hard. This is regular old hard, sweet, good show. made of sugar. I love it. Artificially flavored. Candy. Candy. It's uh, C-A-N-N-Y. You ready to get this started? Yeah. Hold on. Well, yeah, go ahead and take the first call. Oh, hold up a second. I'm supposed to have uh, headphones in, aren't I? Yeah, you're not going to be able to hear if you don't wear headphones. I need a ah, maintenance hole. Did you see that? Yeah, no more manholes. They, they call them maintenance holes, which is still funny. Hole. It's just like if anything you add the oh, hole. God damn it. Oh, maintenance hole. I spilled wall up water all over the electronics again. You did. Hey. He's calling. All right, uh, bam. We moved it all. It's all moved. Get your get your shit plugged in. It's tied to your mic. Oh, I'm vamping over here. I got this up concert. I'm not even thinking straight. I need to get high. You hit a dab right before we got on the air. All right, you ready to do this? Yep. Okay. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Emily. What's up, Emily? How are you? I am pretty good. I'm the one that sent you that book a little while ago. Yeah, this is uh, Emily Gundelsberger wrote the book On the Clock. That, uh, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're doing it. Sorry, people usually don't get it get it right. <laughs> well, I got to say is um, those, I mean, those fucking Trillbillies, they scooped us on this one. I feel you, you made a big splash on their show this week. I, I was like reading about it and felt like I was missing out, you know. So I'm glad that you were able to call in this week and hope you didn't mind us talking about uh, the best way to fight people when you're naked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that happened well, I'm gonna in a. Send it to uh, my editor, and I, I am sure she will be entertained. That happened at a fast food restaurant. There's a the article making a, the rounds about uh, working at a fast food place. That uh, I, I think you shared it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like Andrew Yang shared it, which was pretty weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. A very, a very, very weird mix of people that are picking up on that one. Yes. Yeah. So what was that? Yeah. That's a recent article that, uh, that you put out there. What, what did that entail for people that don't know? So, so that was, uh, like a sort of summary I did for, uh, I think it was Vox, um, about the, the third chapter of this book I just wrote, um, like that I worked in an Amazon warehouse for, and then I worked in a call center and then I worked in a McDonald's, sort of like a nickel and dime sort of thing, but with like a focus on technology. And how much- it actually kind of goes into what you guys were talking about earlier with like fight or flight sort of stuff. That was always the part that I had the most trouble with, like when customers would just like <laughs> just scream at you and like get right in your face. Like I have always like, I think I mentioned this on Trailbillies, but I've always been like a fight person, even though, yeah. even when I know like rationally that's a dumb idea, but like well, trying to suppress that is really hard. And I don't know, man, did you do that when you worked at McDonald's? Um, you know, you know, I mean, you know what, that is, that is, that is very tough to be in that situation where you're undercover and you don't have to have this job. You literally could just tell this person to go fuck themselves and uh, lose the job and it wouldn't be a problem uh, uh i i mean when i worked at it's exactly. real and it is also real weird to like it is hard to tell people no in those situations when you don't really care yeah. like you know when, the call center job i had i always i always think about that with the call center job i had where it was like it was almost it's impossible to get a manager on the phone at a call center but yeah. like if you work there no matter the and this is what always happened. Yeah, they don't want to be on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole goal of the whole job, right? It's like everybody in there is just trying to not be on the phones anymore. That's like the latter. <laughs> but I remember getting calls where the dudes would just like it was always a guy and he would always just like you tell him, lay it out. Here's why this can't happen. It's not going to happen. And they would just say that is unacceptable. And you would. I would lock up it like it locks up because you can't say, well, that's the way it is. So fuck you, dude. Yeah. If you <laughs> to keep your job. You're like, basically, we're willing to let you go home sad today because we have to make sure this thing runs. Yeah. So you did uh, uh, what you did a call center, a uh, you did a call center, a fast food restaurant and a yeah. warehouse. Uh, yeah, Amazon, McDonald's, and uh, Convergence, which doesn't really exist anymore. I think they got subsumed into a more giant call center company. That's so funny. The call center company I worked for was called Calltech, and now it's called Teleperformance. And before that, it was called oh, something yeah. else. <laughs> like, those call centers are really – that. that's an odd job to have. Um it really is. You were in a so if you were in like a teleperformance, that was like a third party call center, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I was doing technical support for dial up internet uh, in the south, it, Bell South dial up internet, and it was it was so shitty because like most people in this time, this is nineteen ninety or maybe two thousand, two thousand nine eleven happened while I worked there, and uh, most people didn't have two phone lines, and you had to. Like you were trying to fix their internet connection issues. So oftentimes they had to keep calling back and they would mm-hmm. just get more and more angry as they would call back. And plus, you know, one of the metrics they always pay attention to is how often somebody has to call back. So that also ends up getting you in trouble usually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
What was like? The, what year was that? Uh, uh, Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, yeah. I was gonna ask you what was what was the uh, with, with the call center job. Were there any like what? I mean, what was the call times for you? Like what what, what was the length of your call supposed to be? Well, we got a little uh, we got a little pop up at six hundred seconds that that was yellow, being like, "Remember, if you need help, ask a manager." And that was always just like, Ugh. just make you want to curse at the screen because, of course, there's like no manager around. Like they're not gonna they don't want to take your call. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we got a, at seven fifty, we got a red one, and I think seven fifty was uh, the maximum time we were supposed to be like on the phone. So you would hit like, and then. Uh... But they that was always weird to me too. They would see me on a call for 13 foot. It was 6 minutes. And we get to 14 and a manager would come up and stand behind me for a second and be like, "Hey, do you know what's going on?" And it's like, "I thought this was a fucking average." You know, 600 seconds yeah, right? is I'm trying to die. I I I'm 10 minutes. Wait a minute. I I think mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had 10 minutes. Um what kind of what 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 kind of support were you doing in the call center? I was <laughs> I was doing a, I was doing sales and service for AT and T. Oh my god! Which is like actually the the cell phone service that I have. But you are super not allowed to look at your own account, which is it kind of bummed me out because apparently there's there's like a number about like from one to five about how uh, good a customer you are. Like if you call in all the time and ask for. Like if you pay on time or like if you call in and, and like try and get freebies all the time, like it gets sort of like noted in the score. And I was desperate to see if I had a good score or a bad score or whatever. I have a, but, I, uh, yeah, I have a two. I'm a two. What, what do you guess you're at? <laughs> Cause I, I've. Um, probably, probably a four. I always have been like, well, I'm probably a five now because I swear, like, this. every time I have to call in now, like, I just, like, I just chat up, like, whoever is on the line and I, I say, like, uh, I don't want to hear a sales pitch. I don't want to hear a sales pitch. I don't want to hear a sales pitch because you technically had to hear it three times, like, specifically before you could ask. You could stop pitching them, like, some other service. <laughs> I then, have- I'm sorry, I've never heard that one. I I I, I might use. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> try it, man. That's uh, that's incredible. That that's actually yeah, that's actually was, really cool. Yeah, like yeah. If you actually that's a, that's the nice thing about having worked in a call center now. I feel like I'm much less frustrated. I guess whenever I have to be on the line because a I know how fucking hard their job is and b like. Like the the actual secret to to like really getting along with customer service representatives is just like so few people treat you like a human being that like at least I would do anything for like anyone who just was nice to me yeah. pretty much. And so far, I've actually had a lot of luck. Like like a uh, long story, but the like a. Uh, Cops took my phone a little while ago, like last year, and I eventually finally called up AT and T. I'm like, "Hey, cops took my phone. I don't know when they're giving it back." Like, nah. And she's like, "I can just send you a new phone." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, for nothing." And she's like, "Yeah, sure." Well, okay. yeah, 
you're yeah. you're totally right when because uh, I I I worked at McDonald's and I also did the call center thing. I me and Beth, and I worked at Bath and Body Works warehouse. So I've done the three things and like I think that the, the, the I, I I think that the thing that those jobs they they do help you to uh they help you understand the the people that are doing it and the situation that the people are doing it are in and a lot of times you're right if somebody got on the phone and said basically if they talk to you in a way that gives you permission to be human then you're willing to yes. go out of your way to do anything for well, those people and I, you know i'll tell you the big change for me and this comes from just doing so much customer service and realizing that sometimes you know when i was doing the job to fix somebody's problems it would be 35 minutes but if we were like hanging out together and like really working on this thing together, it like they made my job easier. It was way easier. You know, I was more likely to give them a hookup or a handout. When people started ordering me around, it was when I started like repeating the the script. You know, that's when I started saying all of a sudden the rules matter. So when you know, I've made a change in the way when I call into customer service and saying that like I'm setting aside 45 minutes, I'm setting aside one hour. Uh, and I'm going to be hanging out with a person on the phone to discuss my internet, to discuss my credit card, whatever it may be. And this doesn't have to be a horrible experience. And when you're going into it and you're saying, you know, thank you, Wanda. I appreciate that. You know, this has been a problem for me. Let me tell you why I don't like the way that things have been. You know, like you you open up and you be honest to people and and it's like so refreshing and so different than what you hear every you know hear from every other call as a customer service person that you do end up that's when they're like ah normally there's a 595 processing fee but like we'll we'll waive that today you know if you just go mm -hmm. out of your way to understand that it's like you aren't yelling at like a bureaucracy you are there is another person on the other side of the line that you can you know ha have some sort of understanding with for the brief period of time that you're connected yeah, yeah. So when you yeah, that's sort of like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just, <laughs> I, I keep cutting you off. I, I think there's like a lag thing that I we haven't done a call-in show in like a month, so I'm like still getting used uh -huh. to back getting back to do it. But um, when you worked at working at McDonald's, uh, you you said you were focused a lot on uh automation and things like that. Uh, I worked there in 1995 or 94 four or something like that and it was already pretty automated as far as like the way you the way everything was done was very assembly line they were already kind of using technology for the for the um fries and and the meat you just put a hood down and and let it pop back up and and that was how you knew the meat was done um but at that time there was a need for um there was a need for cashiers. There was a need for the people to run the food. And uh, have uh, did how has it changed? Like, what what is the role of the person at the front of the store now? Yeah, is there RFID? Are they tracking like every movement that you do? Has GPS come into play and cameras and all of that? Like, how <laughs> how controlled is it? Uh, that well, that was like less of a thing. Well, when I was doing it, I did it in uh, like downtown San Francisco, like sort of like with within blocks of all these huge tech companies and stuff. And uh, wow. so they in San Francisco were like sort of in 
the midst of, of switching out all of their like all, all of their cashiers for touchscreens. Oh, so there would be just like a big old row of touchscreens, and then like one person, sort of like those like ch- like check yourself out stations at yeah. the grocery. Yeah, it's pretty. It's just like one person manning five things. Right. Yeah, that's become pretty common and, now. Recently, I went inside one of I went uh went inside Taco Bell and. I actually had a moment and this is like, I mean, this was me being easy, but it was an older lady that was running the cashier. And I just went up there and was like, I really don't like messing with those machines. I feel like I don't do it right. And she was like, I feel the same way. <laughs> and I was like, fine. Thank you. Can I please just tell you what I want? And you punch it into the machine because you know what you're doing. I really don't like, I really don't like the machines. Nah. And I mean, that's another like, just, when I was working at McDonald's, just I would do again kind of anything for people that like I would see on the regular who would just like treat me like a human being. Uh-huh. Like there was this one dude that always came in and would like kind of jokingly hit on me, and like I still remember his like weird order that he got. He always got like half fright and half fruit punch, and <laughs> I will never forget it. Because <laughs> you felt validated, nice to me, man. Yeah, yeah, you felt validated by that person. It was like he was like, "Damn, I mean, you really got something going for you." Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to get this McDonald's, but I'm also like trying to go on a date. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, that is also a weird thing about uh, about working at a place like McDonald's is um, kind of the way the customers can like that interaction is such a strange thing for people that have never worked with customers and a job like that especially at mcdonald's where you do not know what you're getting like there is a line if there's a line of five people there is a line of five completely different experiences that you have to figure oh, out yeah. as you run through yeah and and ring these people up and that's such a high amount of pressure and it really frustrates me that they consider that job unskilled labor because I I think it takes a tremendous amount of skill to run a drive through to 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 work. It, it, McDonald's is one of those places that uh, you know I've done some shitty jobs. I, I I did industrial roofing in November, and and the only job that I still have nightmares about is McDonald's. Like it, that was the hardest job like I've when ever you get, had. Like when you get a real. Yeah, like when you get like a rush going and like you just cannot get out of it. Yeah, I absolutely know what you mean about that one. You get up and you're fill. I will wake up sometimes and and just in a sweat filling drinks. Like that is the thing that used to get me is when you're running the drive through yeah. and you're working in the drive through, you're responsible for all the drinks and you're responsible to make sure the food's right and you're responsible to talk to the person at the window. And at the one I worked at, you were also responsible for the money and all of that stuff. It was like it wasn't parceled off like that. And it was just this really high pressure thing that Mm-hmm. When I think about it now, it wasn't unskilled work at all. I, I never saw I never saw the reason why they call these things, wh- why these jobs are denigrated, because they're jobs that need to get done, and they're jobs that are not easy to do, and not anybody can do them, you know? <laughs> because- yeah, like... Fast food is really hard. So, so what? So, what exactly was your position? Were you part of like uh, food production, or I was on register. Register. So we didn't have like a drive-through or anything. Yeah, and like so it was just foot traffic. Like the, the, the 
Yeah, the store I was in was like real high traffic and like I've worked register jobs before and sure. you know it, it's pretty easy. Like it comes back real fast. Yes, and someone someone in the chat wants to 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 stress that you do not recommend flirting with cashiers though, right? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> only in a only in a way that is clear that you don't actually mean it. No, yeah. And I know what you mean. I mean, I have I have some of those interactions sometimes where someone is just like in the middle of hell and like wants to be fun and flirty for 90 seconds with me to like get away from, you know, doing burgers and shit, but is like fully going back to sledging through like a, you know, a, a drive-through rush. I mean, it is a challenge. Yeah. How so uh did you And talk- I'm sure like anybody in the chat that knows like that who's a woman who's done food service is familiar with that like I don't know, there's this, like this weird asexual flirtation where you call like people hun and, you know, darling and stuff like that. Like nothing overtly it's kind of like almost maternal flirting in a weird way. Sure. Yeah. No, I um I mean it, I I don't I mean I don't you can't say anybody should do it, but sometimes it does come off in the right way. <laughs> that's that's how I always yeah. feel about it, you know. Yeah, I do not recommend people try it. Right. It's one of those things you're born with, I think. Yeah, don't try it. But uh, if you pull it off and don't get slapped in the face or get in trouble with the law, then you might have something going. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask you, uh, in the three jobs you did, the two of them were like super customer service heavy, and the other one was less focused on customers at, at the warehouse. And uh, what... Which which did you find that maybe you could have done for me and Brett always talk about like there are jobs that we've had in our life that we could have done forever that probably weren't considered the best jobs. But if they paid enough, we could have just kept doing it and we would have been just fine doing that. Um, did you find it more difficult to do the more customer service oriented job or jobs or the uh, warehouse position? Uh, warehouse because you weren't allowed to, it was an Amazon warehouse. So you couldn't bring in anything that Amazon sold. Oh. And so you couldn't like, I was a picker. So I was like out in these like crazy, you know, shelves like that went on in all directions. Like you would, you couldn't see the end of them. And the paths that they like, make you walk around the warehouse to find like object to object. Like they're pretty clearly meant like not to let you get real close to anybody usually, or at least at the one I was in my experience, but it was just like incredibly lonely and monotonous. And it really, yeah, it really started getting to me after a while. Yeah, I did. I did um, uh, the Abercrombie and Fitch warehouse. So in, in Ohio was huge for a lot of those mall brands. Like, most people are a lot of people are making a good living working in warehouse doing like Gap, Express, Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie and Fitch, Hollister, all of that stuff. And uh, that's where I got started. But like, and I was doing, I was reloading the pick and pack stuff, and it was only like two of us mm-hmm. that could do it. So it would just be eight hours of me in my headphones, like in these empty halls, just like these huge, gigantic aisleways of boxes you know and i would just be pushing my way through and uh and not see someone all day but i wanted to ask how how much did they scrutinize you coming in because we got to the point where 
they assigned us clear purses and everything that you wanted to be bring onto the floor had to fit into this clear purse because they didn't want people bringing like book bags from school or whatever it may be to their job. Well, they didn't really scrutinize us very well. I figured out after about the second week that their security system wasn't real. <laughs> wow. See, yeah. I, I did that too. I made a lot of money after I figured that out. <laughs> I just sewed a, a little MP3 player into my hat so I wouldn't lose my mind. But, oh, yeah. that's some junior high <laughs> shit. That's like when I was, a, I used to cut in the corner of my hoodies. I would cut a hole in the like pocket so that I could feed my, um, feed my headphones up into the corner, into my ear. When I put my hoodie on, no one could see I was listening to music, you know? That's so great. Mm -hmm. Or put it up, the, put it up the sleeve of my, you know, put it up my sleeve and then lean on my hand and listen to it. I mean, that is, that is, it is awfully sick. It, 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 it takes like kind of a, 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 I don't know what kind of person expects people to go to a place and not have any music, any human interaction or do anything but work for the entire right. eight hours they're there. But you know, with, with Amazon, they can just, it was like 11 hours. Oh, oh you were doing 11. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you had metrics. I mean, how tight were the metrics? Did oh, you did you feel oh my god <laughs> i was gonna say let me tell you about the metrics there was a uh you carried around this little handheld scanner it was like something out of a grocery and uh so you had to scan something for like every segment of every task that you had to go find it was like a four scans for one item or something wow so and like from box every time to, oh, wow you, okay sorry go ahead yeah so like every time you scan something it would give you the next thing that you needed to do. And then there was this bar at the bottom that was, and it would just start ticking off the number of seconds that you had left to do it. It, it was, it was a lot. Ooh, <laughs> it was like that. It was like chain. Yeah. That's scary. That's... And then, yeah, if you didn't make it, then yeah, if you didn't make your numbers, then someone that you know, sounds like find you. I don't know. I mean, this is an old person thing at this point, but in the, in the TV show lost, there was a big part of the show and the premise was that there was a code that had to be punched in every, you know, certain amount of time or everything blew up. I would feel so – I would have so much anxiety about seeing a countdown clock for my next thing. You know, like you step on a oh, shoe yeah. – you step on a shoelace, you fall over, you bust your hand, you're watching the countdown clock on your RF gun go down. Right. And at places yeah. like that, nobody thinks about I, – I mean – People don't really think about at, at a place like the Amazon warehouse, like you there is turnover and you do see people fired quite often when you work in a place like that. So nobody really feels secure. And, and that job, it can really turn you into like an anxious uh, well, like it's 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 just everything about the job seems designed to create anxiety in its employees. I mean, and also the, you're right. And the people that are there is like, well, it's like whether or not you can cut it. They're it's like, I don't know. Like it's backbreaking. It's exploitive. It's, it's requires a lot, but some people can do it and some people can't. And those of us that can are here doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people there, and this was like before 15 an hour, like a lot of people were like, yeah, this pays better than, you know, what I can get in my town in like, you know, Southern Indiana. That's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm somebody that's athletic enough uh, that 
doesn't have the degree, I don't have a college degree, that I need to find something that breaks into the above $15 an hour range. And that, I mean, that that's an opportunity for me. And a lot of other people couldn't do it and they shouldn't be do it. Like we shouldn't be expected to work that high. And that's why I, I abstain from being a part of the workforce because I would be too good at it. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, and I would it. fuck up the curve. <laughs> well, and that's the thing when you work at a warehouse, one of the interesting things about working at a warehouse is, is the, the, uh, the uh, distance people travel yeah. to get to work at a place like that. Is that, is that something you notice when you, you were working at the Amazon warehouse? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had a 45-minute, uh, well, I guess it was an hour and a half total a day commute. And, uh, yeah, plenty of people were coming from much farther. Yeah, like, we, yeah, like I knew a girl that, that did an hour each way. It was just like, damn, that is a lot of your life. When I worked yeah. at the Abercrombie Warehouse, we had people that came from Athens, Ohio, Ohio University. And it's over an hour. But there was like four of them that were all buddies that like – just decided that they were going to go get a payday up in Columbus, Ohio and drive it every single day. And it was, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, transportation is like a really big thing. Did you see, especially in jobs like the ones you were doing, the, the precarity of the transportation and stuff? Did you did you kind of see a lot of that stuff? Because, I, I mean, one of the things when I worked at McDonald's and when I worked at uh, – the warehouse and anytime I worked, basically, if I worked at a job that was minimum wage, there was always people getting fired because their car didn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, well, that wasn't it was uh, it was more like I didn't have the chance to get to like meet that many of the people that like I worked with at Amazon because like. <laughs> like I've done physical jobs before and but I was coming like off a white collar job. So the first couple of weeks I was just too grumpy to like talk to anybody. <laughs> like yeah. I don't I, I don't care about anything. I hate everyone. I hate everything in this warehouse. <laughs> How shitty is that that you're fucking writing a, you're like I'm a fa I'm an author. Why this is I I know how you feel sometimes when I'm like when when I have to do one of the grunt work sorts of things for this job. I'm like I'm a podcaster. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Yeah, it was more of just like my body hurt too much to like <laughs> yeah. smile at anybody. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I can't even manage. Well, that is, that is a good road to head down, though, is that I mean, what did inspire you to do all of this? I mean, ha have you always been interested in things like this? Was it an epiphany you had? Uh, what's your history? Well, I was working at a at a newspaper um, and I had just done this big story where I'd been like, so I don't know if you remember back when Uber used to like promote that like they said the like average driver or whatever made ninety thousand dollars a year. Yeah, do you remember that? Because I was driving for Lyft at the time. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So I would say probably not ninety grand a year or ninety thousand dollars a year. <laughs> no, it's like it's it's closer to zero dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's I, kind of well. I found I, it was. I think the, I, so the, I did the it first person that rented out their Cadillac Escalade probably made ninety grand a year, but after that, never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that for I don't know. It just seemed like it was obviously bullshit. So I tried to fact check it other ways, and was and kind of people just don't keep good enough track of 
you know, how many miles they're going, how much, like how much their car is depreciating, how much they're spending on gas and stuff like that. So I just figured out I'd go and get that data myself. So I did it for a couple months and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was like a big hit or whatever. And so I got to, but what, I mean, if you, if you've done Lyft and I'm assuming I never did Lyft, but I know Uber's like driver and, uh, like platform was like very like pointedly manipulative in in the same sort of way that the the Amazon like second by second countdown was kind of manipulative to get you to go faster. This one was like trying to manipulate you into taking rides that weren't necessarily you know in your actual best interest. Yeah, you couldn't. I, I you you didn't turn right. The Lyft app doesn't let you turn anything down. Yeah, they they punish the, you. But oh, really? And, yeah, and the other side, yeah, because there's a certain amount that, like, you have to accept every single ride. You're not allowed to turn. There isn't, like, a button to turn the ride down. But uh, I actually have a famous uh, tweet of, of something that happened to me was, like, my, my avatar was hilariously bad. My, my, uh, my Lyft avatar was maybe the... It, it just looks real bad. It, it looks like a fucking, you're getting picked up by a murderer. I swear. And I, I don't know why they wouldn't let me change it. And it just looks so bad. And uh, people would call up to get me and I would be the only one in the area. And they would, they would get me canceled, get me canceled, get me. Can- so I would always be halfway to their house and I would have like nine cancels from the same person. But I wasn't allowed to do the same thing when their crazy avatar came up. I'd yeah, like, no, I don't want them. <laughs> they just bought a book by its cover. Because there were times, I, I lived near Ohio State University campus, and I would be driving somebody from a bar on one block to a bar on the next block. It was just like a distance they definitely could have walked in four minutes. That doesn't... I don't want to do that. Like, why... I, I want to... I, I If I'm doing this, I want to make money doing it and uh it's so hard to figure out how to make anything doing it so so part of me thinks that you can't really let people decide what rides they're gonna get i guess because that opens up the door for you know people to turn i mean basically racism is what i think (laughs) but like um yeah there's got to be a way that you can because you're you're totally right and they don't tell you the name of the car they don't tell you the uh they don't they don't tell you the route before you pick them up either so you wouldn't even know where you were going anyway yeah like that's the thing that so all right so uber and lyft business model only works if their drivers are like independent contractors or like freelancers or whatever and there's actually this like test like to test whether someone's an independent contractor or freelancer. And so I got real like fascinated with all the, like basically if you, if the company has like can control the worker, if they can tell you what to do, then they're, you're supposed to be an employee, not a contractor, like a contractor is like, you know, a plumber or whatever. And like, I just got super fascinated with all of the ways that that, uh, like the, the app that the drivers use, like has this incredible amount of control. Like you, you're doing exactly what they want and it's just not really possible. And no one really sees that. I think who uses it very much. Um, like, especially not 
I don't know, policy makers or whatever. They're not driving for Uber. They don't know, like, that these people are clearly, you know, they, they're not like freelancers. They're not like able to accept and turn down jobs. They, they just, you know, get commands. They can also make you work. Like they, uh, I know right before I got kind of out of doing Lyft, it was like the last weekend I was doing it was the weekend of the Ohio State Michigan rivalry game. And they had a policy where you had to pull a certain amount of hours over the weekend or you would be suspended for two weeks afterwards. So that gives you. Yeah, that's you exactly have to the, do same, that. the type of shit I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get if, if like it because it, it then becomes your job. So yeah, I I, uh, I I am with you. So you went, you you wrote about Uber in, in the control of their app, and then uh, that is that sort of what gave you the impetus to to the, the idea to start, you know, working these other jobs for this book. Yeah, I just got really interested in sort of the ways, um, you know, technology has made it possible to have like this incredibly tight control over low-level workers from a place like way up high, I guess. Like, because even, like, even with fast food and, and, and stuff like that, like, lower management doesn't really have that much ability. Like, they don't have mm-hmm. that much agency either at this point. Like, they, you know, make up the schedules around what, you know, an algorithm tells them uh-huh. to do. And, yeah, like, it's, I don't know. It's very interesting, but, yeah, like, Technology has been really kind of screwing workers over, and well, I mean, a lot the, of different ways. <laughs> the thing, I mean, it, we we got the thing about it is that you know, with the algorithms, they can choose to skew them in a way that screws people over. Um, there really doesn't need to be a lot of there doesn't need to be a, like a board of directors and much more going on than uh, figuring out a fair rate, figuring out an algorithm that pays for somebody that's willing to drive people around to have their insurance covered and their car covered and all those things and go and pick you up. And, uh, you know, uh, beyond that, there doesn't, there's no reason for someone to make a a billion dollars off of doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I want to thank, I want to thank you for calling in. Like all the money that the the owner of Uber is taking is, you know, it could be just distributed amongst the drivers. Like we could pay a higher fee. We could pay, you know, three or four dollars more and have it go to the person and and get rid of the top level of it, you know, and, and have it work perfectly fine. That is true. Yeah, um, it's just hard to build a platform like that. It yeah, is. I, mean, I know. No, that's the, like, always the problem. I'm is, getting crazy. We I, I had a dab in the middle of when you were talking. At I one think. Point. I think of that with Patreon too. I mean, I think about it all the time. It's like, man, if we could just get these apps so that we could cut them out, it would be the best thing. And that's communism. I want a billion. I want enough money to just like smash these people out of existence. Well, I I want to thank you. I just want to use their own weapon against them. I first of all, I want to thank you for writing the book because, like, part of the central tenet of this show is that if people don't know what's going on in these places, then they're not going to be outraged about what's going on in these places and uh getting the stories of of real workers out not you know a a story about how you know like most stories that you hear in the news are not about low wage workers or people that work kind of at the bottom of the chain and uh i really it's it's really cool that you did this you went through the work and that you wrote the book and uh i I really appreciate you calling the show yeah and and what's the best way to find find the book and, and to go support what you're doing 
from your local independent bookstore. It's, you know, it's from a major publisher, so it is out, like, wherever, um, including Amazon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but local, you, you, local bookstore is probably the best. You, but you know what? Jump on public transit, take a little walk, go to that cozy little independent bookstore, go buy On the Clock, and give it a, give it a, the support that it deserves. And uh, thank you, Emily, for following us. You can you're on Twitter at Emily G, E M I L Y G E E, right? Uh huh. And thank you guys for doing the show. Like it, honestly, like I had to work Szechuan sauce day at McDonald's, and oh. afterwards I was just sort of looking all over the like all over the internet to just like find any. Like any coverage of like how bad that day sucked if you worked at McDonald's, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. um, but I couldn't find anything. It was just like it was like Chapo and nothing. Like we're thinking about it from the point of view of workers. It was all just like oh, like some idiot drove uh, like six hours and didn't get her Szechuan sauce. Isn't that a shame? I like no, know, no, it's not. I hate that woman. I hate everyone who showed up for that. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to write. I actually wanted to start a campaign where everybody that worked at a movie theater when Avengers Endgame came out got a hundred dollars, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how Seriously. to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, how to get people to prove they work there and sign up for a bonus, people's bonus. All right, thanks, Em. Uh, yeah, thanks for your show, guys. It's Thank great. you. All Bye-bye. right, let's uh. Let's uh why don't we uh take a break and then come and br- uh, as is our other thing on there that number I gave you? No. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break cuz we've been on for about an hour and a half and then we're going to come back and burn through all these calls. Sound good? Has it been an hour and a half? Pretty much it's 10:25. Jimmy, do we start at 9? Take another call. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fine. Come on. Why do you want to get some of them out of the way? Let's take some calls. Let's do it. Let's just see what this person has to say. I bet it's going to be a good one. Thanks for calling us Tree Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Pinko, Snob, and Bartho. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Howdy. How's it going, y'all? Oh, you know, it's, uh, it's going well. How are y'all? So uh, what's going on tonight? We're, uh, I, Brett's making me work through my break right now. Can you believe that? You should report him to Small business tyrant. <laughs> we need a union. I'm going to form a union with Jason over here, and we're going to make Brett let us take more breaks. I got seniority. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a great idea. Um, actually, so I was I was going to... I called in because I, I have lots of stories that are like super street fight relevant, I think. Okay. And uh, I was either going to tell a getting fired story or a cop story. Pinko would like me to tell a cop story. Well, if Pinko likes the story, if Pinko likes the cop story, then we want to hear the cop story. Yeah, I think that's the one we want okay. to hear. She's got good taste. Okay, I, <laughs> thank you. I got so I have a bunch of cop stories, but we'll we'll do one. Operation White Boy. Operation White Boy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I used to live in like when I so I grew up in Chicago. Um, I'm on the East Coast now, but I grew up in Chicago and, uh, used to live in Humble Park, which, uh, about 10, 12 years ago was like kind of rough. And just in like, I, I was always safe, but like there was, there were gangs 
and but mostly there are lots of police. Um, yeah. Uh, but so I used to take the train into a suburb where I worked, and to get on the train, I had to go into like a a neighborhood where people sold a lot of drugs. And so one day I'm getting on this train and I'm, I'm going through the turnstiles and there's, uh, there's these three big, like big, broad white dudes all wearing Chicago Bears sweatshirts kind of standing outside, um, the turnstiles. And I take off my headphones because I think like something is wrong with the train. There's no other reason for them to be out here, but. I just keep walking. I'm going across uh, the tracks up above the trains, and all of a sudden I hear screaming. And I turn around, and these three guys all have guns drawn, and they're running after me. And they slam me against the fence, and one of them has a gun to my head, and the other two guys are just screaming at me and pulling through. I thought I was being robbed. Yeah. Um, And uh, they're like, going through that eventually they identify themselves as police. Um, but they're, they're going through like my iPod. There's like a note. Uh, someone sent me a letter from school there when they were away at college and they're reading that. Um, and they're doing the, why are you breathing so hard? What's your heart beating so fast? Cause you're fucking, yeah. They do that. To, they did that. Like, they do that every time. Like every time the cops bust you, they ask you why you're freaked out. They were waiting to jump you. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm, you know, I'm like, because you have a gun to my head, you know, like why, why, why wouldn't my adrenaline be running? But uh, they they pull out my my pack of cigarettes and they look at it. And they're like, how long you been smoking for? I'm like, smoking what? They're like rock. My like, ah, I don't smoke rock, you know. And I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm tall. I'm built like a string bean, you know. I'm. This has been a regular feature of wherever I go is um, people thinking I, I'm a, a user of some kind. Right, right. When I was real uh, thin, when I was a teenager, everybody asked me if I did coke. Or uh, heroin, right. like sorts of things. Like it was right, just right. like the first question. I, well, I mean, obviously, I've I've met you, Barto, and I gotta say, you don't do anything. This is me too. You don't do anything to keep people from not asking you if you do a bunch of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in the same boat. I was in the same boat with my jinkos and my shaved head and all my stuff. But like you're, but it is odd, right? Like when you're, because I was really thin when I was younger. I wore really big pants and really big shirts. And like the first thing the cops would say when they pulled us over. Well, they joke around a lot first and they go, any bazookas or knives in the car that we should worry about? And then after the laugh, they'll be like, oh, so where's the Coke or where's the this? And I was just like, I just smoke weed, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't do Coke. But they always believe that when, when you're real thin. Like that is it fucking never, is weird, right? It's yeah. That's very weird. Yeah, but thin men problems. I've never had a cop think I had drugs on me until we got pulled over together. I got pulled over as Barjo, and then the guy's like, 
just just tell me the truth. What do you have? What do you have on your like? Dude, I'm a fucking school teacher. I don't do drugs. I'm not allowed to. Well, I've been there. And so that's the other, sucks. The school teacher should the be on drugs. Can I say this? Can I? No. I want to say this to you, to y'all though. I used to my my wife when we first started dating drove a '76 Nova that was just a piece of shit, and we got pulled over everywhere we went. And every time we got pulled over, they pulled me out of the car and searched me and didn't even talk to her. Like it was, just, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm not. I wasn't driving. She was driving, and they pulled me out of the car to search me. <laughs> I'm like I'm not even okay. involved in this. Yeah. Okay. So with that, I have I have. So I I'm going to conclude this. And I'm going to tell another two minute story. Okay. Um. So so they so they you know go through this whole thing. I don't have any rock on me. I'm I'm going to work. Any rock. Um, and, uh, I love it when they start uh, using the lingo though. Like when they pull you over and they're like, "Hey man, you got any sniz on you or anything like that?" And you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just trying to go to work. I'm fucking. I, I've been uh, up for crank? 72 hours. And <laughs> got any crank? In yeah, the crank. Crank. You been up on crank, man? Hey, you been huffing crank or rush over there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a meet. A, there's this moment where the demeanor of everyone changes and be like. Okay, man, have a nice day. This is part of Operation White Boy. Uh, see you around. And then they what? just walk away. And that was it. It was White Boy in a neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, this yeah, is what was, I assume. you were. They were saying he was in a neighborhood he shouldn't have been in. Oh. And right. a lot of times the, what the cops will do, you were, you're, it, was it D.C.? Or, is that where you were? Where, like what part this of the country? When I was. Chicago. He this said. was Chicago. Okay, I I know that in D.C. a lot of times the cops will like pull, they'll they will wait and just be like, oh, this motherfucker's buying drugs, and they they got somebody no. a lot of time. Well, no. they got you, yeah. motherfucker. No, you no. act like they don't do it, but they got you. no, exact opposite. <laughs> when I lived in Washington D.C., there was one of my best buddy. I'm gonna get him show. I'm gonna get him tickets to the show. I've already messaged him, but uh, oh, I hope he shows up. Yeah, I want to meet him. I do. He's I do friend. hope he shows up. But it was it, it was the projects. It was government housing, and there was like cameras on the corner, and they recorded everything that you did. And so I would always. It was basically one of those places where like bef- it would had like the door like before you pushed your way out of the door, you would just take like a deep breath, like you didn't know what was about to be outside. And so one time I pushed the door open and it's like 11, 12 p.m. on like a Friday night. And this cop sees me and he just yanks the steering wheel over to the side of the road and he puts the window down and he goes, sir, are you OK? Do you, do you know where you're at? I mean, are you are you in a safe place right now? Do you have do you know oh, where geez. you're going? Do you, do you understand, you know, wh- where you're at? And I was like. This like the motherfucking police are like customer service for me. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I just like, I know they that were just I, like we, they were they would have gave me a ride if I would have told them I was scared. They would have just gave me a ride to like you know to uh, Northern just, Virginia. I just heard them say like that they like no, to it, catch like people they think are like sleazy looking white dudes that don't belong. Texas. And, Texas yeah. was that way for me. Texas, when I would leave my dude's house in Texas at the apartments, that's when they would be driving through and that's when they would talk to me and would just be like, it doesn't make any sense that you're here right now. There's no reason that you yeah. would you would be here. Yeah. And uh, wow. 
Well, so at least you got out of trouble. At least you you were one of the you didn't go to jail for Operation White Boy, Operation which is white an boy. odd name. That's just the police That's are the cool, worst. Though. They're the you're a white. One you're one of them white yeah. boys. You're one of them troublesome white boys. I, I mean, I've been handcuffed probably twelve to twenty times, somewhere in there. Yeah, um, for things like this, and I've been to jail once, and that was like Occupy, and it was whatever. But um, well, that's a good yeah, one. That's a good charge. I've always, I've always slipped out, you know, and it's uh, I feel very fortunate. But, um, yeah, that's yeah. the same. No, the you want to hear group- a funny the Brett the best Brett story is when they thought he stole his goddamn car and oh, and, yeah. and fucking they had him on the ground on the freeway with helicopters. <laughs> well, and so that that happened to us too, where where I was I was getting dropped off. It was the first date with my ex girlfriend. Uh, she was dropping me off in front of the house. She had a nice car, and that was the problem. And I I lived in a rough neighborhood, but cops showed up with a gun at drawn. At the window, at her head, uh, we oh, both God. got pulled out in handcuffs. Um, it six cars and a paddy wagon showed up to search us. Uh, then uh, the, every officer, they didn't, they found a little one hitter on me, but they didn't give a shit about that. I also had like SOS pads, like the sponges with the the stringy stuff or uh, the the aluminum stuff on one end. And they all wanted to know what I was doing with that. Um, what would you do dishes, with it? The, yeah, what, <laughs> what would you do I'm with right it? Outside my apartment. Yeah, well, like what is the drug use for that, though? <laughs> well, okay. So they, they all did it. They all, I got searched a bunch of times. She got searched. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is a bad first date. Um, and then finally, they, they're like, oh, we had a partial on your VIN, which... Isn't a thing you can see. How do you get a partial on a VIN Uh, number on a car? Like, uh, is he talking about the VIN number from the car? That's that's what the claim was. And I said, okay, whatever, you know. How would you get, like, where would that actually come from? Don't you have to open the door to see the VIN number? And isn't it's just a lie. Yeah, it's definitely. They said it because they thought you didn't know what a VIN number was, which is very wise. And I do (laughs) like it's the kind of thing if I was a cop, I would do (laughs) say things like that. It was when I when I was a cable guy, a lot of times I would go into the house. After I fixed their problem with some simple shit, and I would just say say a bunch of really confusing stuff, so they thought I did something, <laughs> and then I would leave. Yeah, I tied in that cable, and it's like, oh yeah, your coaxial was all uh, out of whack. I had to take a ah, uh, well, the signal uh, to noise ratio, the signal to noise ratio was way off, and there was some ingress there and some egress, so I had to go in there and I had to uh, uh, check the shield and the jacket. You're using, first of all, quad shield cable in there, which is great. <laughs> and they would just be like, oh, thank you so much, sir. You know so much about what you're doing. And it would be like, right on. And that's what a partial VIN sounds to me like a thing. Right. Of, like, oh, we pulled a partial VIN on you. Sounds like some real police shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so whatever the case, I said you know they all eventually left. All those cars and that paddy wagon left, um, and I said good night to my date. And I went to my apartment. And I'm telling my roommate the story, and I get to the the SOS pads, and he starts laughing. And I have no idea what he's laughing at. I guess he watched a ton of cops. That was like you know he was an anarchist, but and he got it. But it was he loved cops. 
Um, and apparently, uh, crack users will tear off the metal parts of the SOS pads to use them as a screen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for a pipe. And so they were all... A chore boy. Crack somewhere. <laughs> I just love that the cops all think you're doing crack, Bartow. I mean... <laughs> I know the feeling solidarity with you when, when I would now they think I'm just like now they think I'm just a dad it's thinness it's you have a, to just start eating uh you have to start eating one of these days your metabolism's gonna catch up to you and I'll never think you're on crack again say how old are you no I know I know I, I stopped eating meat again though so I, I'm gonna shrink back down again but, but uh but yeah, I don't know. Now it's it's this thing now where like whenever I interact with police, I'm like a shaky mess because I've just had like guns held to my head and like the I've lived in a lot of you know like quote unquote rough areas and I've never been fucked with but by anyone but police and so like police officers you know I'm like shaking and they're like well what did what are you on what what have you done and like I'm on trauma. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I am not good with the police. I, 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 I always feel so uncomfortable when we get pulled over. Uh, it, it. I'll tell you this: as you get older, it works for you. I, I promise you, as you get older. Me and Brett have been pulled over a few times. We've had shit in the car, but they see how nervous I am, and they just let us go because they don't. You know, you're a white guy. They're not going to do anything to you. But uh, thanks for calling in, yeah. Pinko and Barto. And uh, anything you guys want to plug? No, not today. Not we, today. We love you. Have you're, not, you're not doing any podcasts yeah. or anything? We love you, and we will see you on Sunday. What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, see you on Sunday. We'll see you on Sunday. Bye, bye y'all. Let's get bye. this next call in. One, you want to do another call, or you want to we'll take a break? We'll do one more. and it, Yes, let's take a break, actually. We're going to take a break, then we're going to burn through the calls. I got to send the um, I gotta send the link to Jason for the music, because I didn't do that Send it to me. Actually, I play the music. Oh, sorry. I play the music. You're DJ. I'm the tech man. Mr. DJ on the spot. Well, I did a podcast the other day, and they almost had me do tech stuff. And I they, they were like, you know, can we call and set the tech stuff up? And I was like, I haven't done tech stuff in two years now. All so, right, it's in there. like, why would I know? how? I don't know how any of it works. So, this looks like the album is called No Refunds, which is a good name. Or, no. Yeah, No Refunds. It's by SA20. And, uh... The first song is Buppy, and uh, you might get two or three here. So uh, let me turn the sound on on my computer. Yeah, so this is a Street Fight listener that reached out to me and said that they had to sell all of their tapes to get paid out the money, and they wanted that for rent. (laughs) And so they had two tapes left, and I was like, I will buy one tape, but you got to convince somebody else to buy your tape. I don't want it to be charity. I want it to be because you like the music, you know? So I, I thought it was pretty good though. And I'm ready to get the tape. I'm going to throw it in randomly with somebody that ordered a guys, gals, and non-binary pals. My voice is slipping right now, dude. I don't know what's up. Oh shit. I'm so miserable. you 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. We are getting everything ready to go. We are back. Thanks for uh, tuning in, listening to the show so far. The call queue is pretty full. I don't know if you'll get in if you call right now. If you like the music you just heard, go to uh, music.businesscasual.biz. They uh, put out artists, I'm I'm guessing. this That was SA20 with the album No Refunds. Uh, check it out. Thanks for sending it in, Street Fight Listener. And if you want, we do uh, play listeners music on the call-in show. Uh, anything that isn't on Spotify or CD Baby or basically any music that isn't going to get us get a, get our stream taken down from YouTube, we would appreciate that. Send it to streetfightradio at gmail.com. Thank you for being here. I'm Brett. He's Brian. We're Street Fight Radio. We're taking your calls all night long. And uh, if you want more of what we do, we're going to be on the road soon. We're going to be in D.C., Chapel Hill, Nashville, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, July t- 28th to August 5th. You can head to store.streetfightradio.com to get tickets or just streetfightradio.com. And uh, if you go to streetfightradio.com, the left-hand side is going to be the brand new show. The newest show will always be on the left-hand side. And then the news about the newest tour, any ticket links is going to be on the right-hand side. That's the best way to navigate streetfightradio.com. What is up, everybody? We're going to take some calls. Let's just get right on the callies. The yeah. Collie Boys. Let's see who's calling. They calling me. Thanks for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is uh, Jonathan from York, Pennsylvania. Howdy. What's up, Jonathan? How's it going tonight? Pretty good. Just uh, listening to the show and uh, drinking some Baja Blast. Uh, you know the coconut in there. It, it, I don't like it. Stop it. I'm just going to say it right it's now. It's refreshing. It's the coconut Im- flavor in Baja Blast is, it makes it a level, uh, if we're one to 10 here on Pops, Baja Blast, probably a three to me. But if you enjoy it, it's a 10 for you. you know and I love it. Brian's an inlander. He doesn't understand <laughs> the, the cool crest refreshing feeling of uh, crashing into the waves at the beach. He doesn't know anything about Baja Blast. So don't mind him any. So what's going on tonight? Uh, well, I have a shitty landlord story to tell y'all. Let's hear it. All right. So um, my girlfriend and I recently moved. Uh, well, I moved from uh, Virginia and she moved from Maryland. So we were apartment hunting a couple of months ago. And um, so so we were uh, checking out this apartment that we ended up uh, signing a lease for. And so the day we're moving, I, I'm moving all my shit over here by myself. So my girlfriend is going up with her parents from Maryland. And uh, we get there. Um, we we agreed to meet with the landlord at, at the apartment at 1230. And um, so we we were... We got there, um, we got to York about an hour early, so we stopped to get pizza. And while we're getting pizza, our landlord calls and, and says that not all the flooring is in the floor and asked if we could come over the next day to move. And we had both driven over three and a half hours to get there, so we, uh, we, said that we could move in and asked if like we can move our shit around the floorboards 
And so we didn't have floorboards for the first couple of days. And so they finally put in the floorboards. And also our um, our uh, bathroom sink was leaking, and none of the outlets worked in the master bedroom. And so they got someone to fix the, uh, the sink, but... Um, the person that came to check the, the fuse for the outlets in the master bedroom, he said that it was just the 20 amp fuse that needed to be replaced and said that he'd come back the next day. So like a week went by and nobody came. So I emailed my landlord about it and he said that they would send someone. And then still like another week went by and nobody came. So, my girlfriend is like blowing up his phone and I'm emailing him and he finally texts my girlfriend back saying that someone would be there this past Sunday or um Friday, sorry, around um between ten and one. And so it's one thirty and still nobody's come. And I email him saying that um saying asking if anybody's coming today. And uh so he says, oh, I'm sorry, the um, the maintenance team just informed me that uh, that they can't uh, handle the fuse box and they'll need to send over an electrician. So we still don't have uh, any of the outlets working in the master bedroom. And we've been God. here for almost a month. Jesus, criminy. Jeez, so. man. So you're you're there for a month and, and basically how many outlets do you have? Uh, in the master bedroom, there's like four or five. So are you living? Oh, well, are you I mean, living in the master bedroom? Stop complaining. If you have five outlets, stop complaining. Well, but if you're not, if it's, I mean, your whole house <laughs> no, doesn't just, have power. I want. I know. I mean, no, I understand. I'm just. Joking. I mean, we've. I mean, we've been we've been fine. I mean, we've just been using like extension cords from the living room. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you, you what. You can't close the doors. There was the fucking a, cords. Are fucking there was. Get, Caught up. When my daughter was real young, there was a time where half of my power went out. And uh, it was the back half of the house had power and the front half of the house didn't. And my whole house was extension cords running from the back half of the house to the front part of the house. It's just, <laughs> you want to move it. But the, but I, I get where you're coming from, though. I, I really think that uh, you move into a place and you want it. It, like, it sucks moving, right? You get there and you want it to be home as soon as possible. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of people that own rental properties are not equipped to own a rental property. Like, I think my landlord's okay. It took him three months to install a toilet. But, uh, you know, it, the old toilet was still there. But, like, yeah, I, I just, you know... It sounds like somebody had the money to get the place, but they don't know how to run the place. If that makes sense, what what kind of actions right, are you taking? Have you have you threatened them with the almighty escrow? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you, you don't never heard about putting shit in the escrow? <laughs> yeah, you got you got to threaten them with escrow, my dude. <laughs> escrow is where you pay your rent to another service to get it registered as you are paying your rent on time, but the money isn't released to your landlord until they bring the property up to the standards that were like agreed upon in some sort of contract. But I'll be straight with you though, too. Uh, like I, I also get, 
I also would understand if if you didn't want to do that because you did just sign into a one year lease with a person, and you don't want to start it out threatening escrow escrow is like a, i've been living in this place for two years and you're fucking everything up move that's like the Slum, escrow it's, it's is the slum, nuclear option slumlord well it's the nuclear option i yeah. think it's it's your it's the it's the the last weapon you deploy if that makes yeah, no, sense oh, yeah. yeah it just kind of sucks because it seems like they were like they, I mean, they, they, about the floorboards, they called me literally like an hour before we were supposed to move in. It just seemed like they didn't like expect us to move in. Yeah. Or like they weren't prepared. Well, I think they probably, the thing is, like they're just like we are. We, we have to understand that they're people, right? And, and they're just like we are. Uh, landlords are just like we are. And by that, I mean lazy. Like there's a lot of times where, you, they're just well, like me and that like I don't want to the floorboards yeah. need done I don't want to do the floorboards so the floorboards are not going to get done until and we live in a time we live in a time where real estate is seen as something to make money from as an option for high achieving people to maximize their assets and you know like Robert Kiyosaki says you know, you know be the the rich dad instead of the poor dad like people the people that are getting into real estate and that are becoming landlords are awful like they they shouldn't be in charge of someone else's living situations and making sure because they do they procrastinate they don't answer emails they just are like ah but like all this money came in and now i have to spend it on the place i yeah. wanted to keep the money though i know i i mean like i i sympathize at times with the idea that like uh Ah, oh, god damn it! You know, I got this big old check here, but I gotta fix the air conditioning, and that like ruins everything. I, I once had a, a apartment where the air conditioner was so clearly broke, and they had to come in every three days and put Freon in it. So they would just do that instead of fixing. They it. just put came in every three days and put Freon in my air conditioner, <laughs> and in the end, had the guts, the fucking temerity to not give me my uh, deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, you didn't earn that deposit back. No, you left it worse off. <laughs> it's like, damn. So what do you, what do you think you're going to do here? Uh, I don't know. We, uh, I mean, I emailed him and like my girlfriend and I have been calling him, but he hasn't like replied to any of us since, uh, since we called and emailed on Friday. So can I ask, uh, can yeah, I ask like really a, can I ask you how old he is? Like, how old is this landlord? Just that I, I'm, I'm, I'm building a landlord profiling kit in my brain now and young landlord bad news. So, no, my land, my, yeah. I have a young landlord. He's not bad. Okay. How uh, old is he? He looks like he's, he looks like he's in like his mid thirties. Bad oh. landlord, young landlord. That's a young landlord. Yeah, that's bad. They that's don't. Bad news. They don't have like as a <laughs> as a mid thirty year old. Like we don't all have it nailed down. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. we can get the money together if we don't spend it all on drugs and alcohol and to have like a rental property. But there's no way that like we're good at doing at like operating two households. Like I haven't even nailed my fucking household down. There's no reason that I should be, you know, overseeing someone else's, making sure that their shit's correct. Well, I've logged you into the spreadsheet here as uh, having a young landlord and it being bad. 
And uh, eventually, for our listeners out here, there is going to be a profiling book so you can know if you have a landlord that's going to screw you over. <laughs> thanks for calling in. All right, thanks. That's what we need, Brett. We need to know what the bad landlords are, right? Yeah. But they know what the bad tenants are. They got their own posting groups. There's been a lot. I've seen a lot of screenshots from oh, I'm in one. Reddits, Facebook groups, and all kinds of these private chat logs where they talk about the type of shit they can do to their tenants. Oh, I'm yeah. in one. Yeah. And 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 like I, I I'm gonna tell you, man, they are in there talking about how like, oh, you know, they never use race or or gender. I will admit that like in their private moment, but that's because they probably believe there are people of other races and genders in the group and they don't say it. But often I, I mean don't have nothing on your uh criminal record at all. Like not nothing, not a DUI, nothing. They will not rent to you. They will just straight because they talk about it all. The I did. I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm just like. I'm sorry. Not you go ahead. But I guess when we moved to Ohio, there was a place where I was like, they were like, we're gonna just run your paperwork, and I just basically said, I was like, I just got busted for weed in Virginia like last year. So if that's gonna be a problem, just let me know because I don't want to pay any application fees. And the guy was like. And eh, that's not really a big problem for me. Yeah. I've seen people in the landlord group say that it is a problem for them. Sure. Of course. Like there's a lot. It, no, no. Just, I mean, it is. I mean, I had to ask because there are people that give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard stories of people just having petty little things on their stuff. I've heard stories of people that have open cases. Well, it's, getting it's not, one of those. Not allowed to move. When into you get down to it, it's one of those circumstances where the wrong kind of people are in charge of that. And it's like, this isn't. There's no standard like level of care or concern with people that own these places. You're dealing with in the same way the small business tyrant has been blown open as like somebody that's just a dysfunctional family member. Your landlord also like is a weird overseer of your life that can get involved in everything that you fucking do. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And, well, yeah. Like, my landlord stuck with. Whatever weird eccentric eccentricities they have that I don't know I how to a, say that word right now. I had the I, I mean I had part of my panic disorder is that every year in late June when my lease is about to come up, I freak out thinking he's not gonna let me re sign my lease. Yeah. And like I just have these it panic can happen. attacks. And it's I like mean, a thing hanging over your head. In DC it would just be a fucking three pieces of paper stapled together, just thrown in front of the door, and all of a sudden it would be like you're getting checked or rents $85 more or there's just they were just all the time I was getting a piece of paperwork with highlights on it that some way they were going to be messing around in my life I do love some shit where like like in my place at least it goes up 30 bucks every year and it's like but nothing new happens it's just like no matter what inflation yeah. is no matter what anything is no matter how disrepair things are they're like oh no but it's another year so it's so gonna it's cost like you 30, 30 more dollars i could probably get 30 dollars more to be <laughs> yeah. honest how how is that fair that's one of those things where you're like uh that's one of those things where it's like i'm building a relationship with you we're supposed to be getting on better than ever you shouldn't be getting more um, out of me dude but the money like dude <laughs> 
The thing about money, though, is it's like worthless year after year after year. Like it spends so little. I know. And like we, we me- talk about it all the time. It's like it doesn't matter how much money you bring in. It all gets spent no matter what. You yeah. know, I don't know. We talked about this last week on the show. But what is the amount of money that I have to have in my bank where I'm just not going to spend it all? I mean, my, you know, yeah, I've been high achievers. And all that I've done is like been able to barely pay off everything that I do. Like I don't have like a savings account, but like student loans my debts, all of that. That's what I've achieved as someone that's getting close to like the six figure income. That's what our household has done. You know? Yeah. Let like me tell it, you, I put my, I've, put- but below that, all it was like below that. It was like, well, we won't pay our fucking debt. They can fuck off and we don't have enough money. You know, like that was our agreement. Me and Erica's agreement was like, these student loans can fuck off because there's not enough money. Yeah. Like, take it from the us. big boy. got a forbearance a one year forbearance recently. Just what the happened? other day from what? I just was like, but uh, they were about to default. Like, because I, I ain't paying them fucking things. For what? Student loans? Student loans. Uh-huh. They were about to default. And I was like, ah, shit. You know, yeah, I'll call do before it. they default. So I called before they defaulted. And they were like, dude, you have like 36 months of forbearance. So just do a forbearance. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be making a million dollars a year next year. So yeah. it's probably going to be not a big deal. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm, that's the thing I'm going to go on. You know <laughs> it's what? just every year I think I'm going to be making a million dollars next year. But wow. I've been thinking that since I was 18. I so. do have to interject and say that, you know, it's kind of in agreement with Emily G, what she was saying before with the, the callers and everything is that student loans is one of those things. If you call in and you're just completely honest about what your situation is, they can sometimes make things work. Uh, the last time we did the show in Atlanta, like five hours before the show, I picked up a phone call from a student loan negotiator and completely nego- renegotiated Erica's loans and went from paying like 15%. We were paying like $600 a fucking paycheck to paying $300 a month now. So it was completely worth it to sit and talk to that person on the phone. And when they were like, can you pay $900 a month? I was like, no, that's fucking crazy. No, I, no nobody has $900 a month. Yeah. That's why I've dodged these things. Yeah. And we finally got all the way down to 300 bucks. And I was like, sure, I can they make asked that me work. For, they asked me for seven. And I was like, no, mm, no. And they were like 300 And I was like, oh, get out of town, $300. Yeah. And then I, they were like, you got all this forbearance. I like 100 Man, I'd like 100 feels comfortable to me. All right, let's listen get on to the this. Calls. Like, can I just say this before we take the next call? The Podfest Midwest, which is in Columbus, Ohio. When? I don't know. How, uh, many, says, po- well, how many Podfests do we have? Well, on July 18th, they announced we regret to announce that the 2019 festival has been canceled. The first comment when you hit most relevant is should have invited Street Fight. Ah! <laughs> and then and then it says some guys like why and they're like primarily logistics on our end. We realized that we needed a strong headliner lineup and had a couple things fall through with not enough time to recover and then the next thing is Mike they didn't book Street Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you didn't book Street Fight. I mean, it's an easy hundred. It's an easy hundred. I know. I know. I just sold out a room in the uh, Grandview in, in the in the in the uh, Short North stage. But you yeah, sure, Podfest. A- you don't need any. You didn't need to ask us. Pick a room. We wouldn't have done it anyway. That's the evil thing about us. Yeah, I. I mean, I would have been skeptical. I just. I if I do a if I do a festival. Here's the thing. I've heard room rumblings of a festival during the political conventions by a friend of ours that I would do because they're friends of ours. But uh, maybe that L.A. one I would do because there's a bunch of cool people on it. I, I ain't 
trying to get on the festival circuit, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they got like doing our own thing. I like yeah. taking our own people out. Our shows are a fucking festival. How about that? Why don't you come to my show? It's a fucking festival. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, it's <laughs> just not needed. Yeah. Just one of those unnecessary things. We've done well being ignored by the festivals for fucking yeah. eight years. Let's get this next caller on. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What up? Howdy. So I'm not going to introduce myself because I'm probably going to uh, admit to some crimes during right. this call. Right on, All Terry. Right, What's right. going on tonight? Uh, but I've got a report from the uh, the ICE protest in Aurora, Colorado. Cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. We, we were yeah, just talking yeah. about this the other day. Yeah. It's it's the one where uh, people pulled down the American flag and put up the Mexican flag and all that. Oh, that yeah. was rad that y'all did that. I saw that. Yeah. Why, well, thank you. Um, I will say that um, I do know the people personally who pulled down the flag and their dope as shit. Okay. And uh, a little humble brag. I was the first person to start burning the flag of the company. That, uh, that is that really wrong? Are people mad because they burned the flag of the company? No. Okay. No. Well, well, there, there's two different camps of people. There's there's the people who are mad about the flag shit, which you know, fuck them. And then there's the libs, and the libs are the one who like quote unquote planned the protest, and they're mad that people went onto the property <laughs> of the concentration camp and pulled down the flag. Um, and I'd just like to say that uh, while I respect the work that they put in to planning that protest, it was completely ineffectual as it was. They uh, they planned it so it wouldn't interfere with any of the employees at the, uh, at the concentration camp and uh, all that. But I would like to give big shouts out to uh, all the comrades that were there. I know there were some street fighters there as well. Um, but uh, this is uh, this is my soapbox to say uh, number one, fuck the libs, and number two, fuck the flag. Yeah, I hate flags. Um, well, don't fuck them literally. Uh, they don't deserve that. <laughs> and uh, in case anyone's wondering, the first person to cross the line onto the uh, onto the property did in fact have people on the inside, have like family members and friends on the inside, and they were the one who had the Mexican flag. And we didn't like plan that at all. It just kind of happened spontaneously. So I, I personally am an anarchist and, uh, you know, aren't big on countries and that sort of thing. But it wasn't like we planned to be like, haha, yeah, we'll put up the Mexican flag instead. Yeah. Well, it's just um, another that, flag. That wasn't any part of it. Yeah. Well, it's just well, another flag. It's not like a, uh, it's, 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 if that makes sense, it's well, like, no, I mean, any flag's better. I mean, the thing about it is that it does seem like it would be some sort of liberal, like, you know, we're humor, some attempt at like sarcasm mm -hmm. or something. But in that moment, when it's somebody, you know, uh, who is related to, to folks there, I, and I think it is a gigantic fuck you to those people. You know, I think that that's mm -hmm. in that moment, I never thought that it was someone being cheeky, you know, about things. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, um, a, a, a way of saying we're going to take this over. For the people of Mexico, you know, in in the way that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. challenges the hegemony of the United States of America, you know, yeah. which is what I was fucking cheering mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Well, good mm -hmm. job out yeah, there. Is there any way? Is there any way any people can support any efforts there now? Is there like an um, occupation happening there or anything? I don't know, and I'm not sure if I did know if I put out that on this 
quite yet, but um, hopefully there is. I'm trying to see if I can get involved into any of that stuff, trying to actually shut down the camps and that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, not that I know of. But there is, if you go to the uh, Aurora, Colorado police Twitter, they have put out a uh, an email that, you know, if I'm not suggesting people go spam it, but, you know, if someone was to, that could be dope. Um, asking for help identifying comrades who uh, pulled down the flag. Um, so if people have have a fancy for that, that could be fun. And it's the uh, Aurora, Colorado Police Department Twitter page. I, I, if you search like Aurora, uh, Colorado Police on Twitter, you'll find it, and uh, you can you can go through their tweets and and find that email. Um, but yeah, so keep on street fighting. Yeah, you too. I Thanks mean, for doing, calling in. You're, you're doing, doing more the goddamn us. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. Let's. Uh, you too. Another one. We're burning. We're ripping through them, dude. It's happening here. Oh, I'm into it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into it, dude. I'm into it. You were just like, Frozen. you were like, it just feels like it was like, oh, God, I don't want to talk to you. No, I love that guy. You want to talk to me, I meant. I do want to talk to you. You don't want to, you were like, just like, no banter. Fuck this banter. We got to get calls, man. It's speed How rounds. We have 45 minutes to go. We oh. got enough time to get these people in. All right. Who are we talking up? to right now? Yeah. Yo, what is up? It is Casey Gapsouch from the Discord at Street Frog Radio on Twitter and KCG from the Facebook group. What's up? Oh, I love Street Frog Radio. I do Every too. time you like and retweet shit, I'm just, yeah. it makes me smile. I love the name Street Frog Radio because it makes us feel like somebody. I mean, you named a thing after us. That's really nice of you. I appreciate that. Oh, shit. And I was. Uh, I had a friend. Awesome, Gus. Thank you. I had a friend when I was a kid that made uh, the unfortunate mistake of uh, latching on to Peace Frog as his brand of choice for clothing and shit. No. Yeah. So he doubled down uh, one time for a summer and got multiple Peace Frog pieces of clothing, and it was not good for him. He had a, a very damn. bad freshman year. That's like salt life type stuff. Yeah, right? but is he, that like a salt life thing? Yeah, I mean, it was just like a, I gotta it, look it up. I'll look it up. It was up. vaguely hippie ish, and it was just uh, it was like tie dyed shirts with the frog giving like the peace sign. Can I say something? And there would be one from like different places, like different vacation spots around. The, it was. <laughs> I buy choice. I buy a lot of new shirts before I go on tour, and I I was gonna buy a Gigi Allen shirt and a Doors shirt. But I was afraid people I'd like me liking the doors makes people so mad for some reason. Yeah, they're not cool. They're cool. How come me and Brace love them so much if they're not cool? We're the like two coolest guys on the internet. Uh, because you don't because you're True. going against everybody else that knows that they suck. <laughs> Well, yeah, Brett also knows both me and Bray. So You're just like contrarian. <laughs> no, it's not. No, man. She lives on Love Street. Lingers. Lo That's a good song. So I'm reading. I'm reading about old Jim right now in uh, Please Kill Me, the oh, the book. Yeah. Jim Morrison. Yeah, he's in there a lot. He's good, man. He's good. That guy's something. He was a character. I mean, he's just a dumbass. He's 27. <laughs> yeah, rich boy extraordinaire. Yeah, dumbass 27-year-old. Yeah, basically what happened was that he was handed fame be to cover up the Gulf of Tonkin. That's true. That's true. We do know that. We do <laughs> That's definitely both a know part that. He was handed fame to American history. You're looking at Jason right here, our producer. You're specifically attacking him. Because what? in the early days of the internet, he was the Lizard King. 
That was oh. his motherfucking name all over. That was his brand. It's a good name. And you're personally attacking him right now. Because you know who the Lizard King is? Yeah. Jim Morrison. Yeah. How many of you really know you're alive? <laughs> okay. <I'm- laughs> What's oh going on God. tonight? <laughs> uh, uh, shoot. Uh, oh, all right. Where to begin? So I've had one hell of a um, one hell of a um, summer so, so so far. Um, in May, I I got out of high school. Cool. <laughs> Finally, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lo- the, the world is your oyster, um, dude. Huh? The world is your oyster. Like you can do whatever you want now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I would. Um, well, one, I have. Um, I have a college in uh, in a fall. I'm 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 a I'm a heading up to um, Michigan Tech up in Houghton. That sounds cool. I mean, Michigan, that's. So. That's a good time. Yeah. You can do like you can act crazy. Like people don't expect much of you Legal other than weed, gra- you can do as long as you get your grades done. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much debauchery and craziness right. it takes to happen. As long as the grades are good, you're doing college okay. True. True. Oh hell yeah. So I so I have a, a small uh, work story. So for the past about nine nine months or so, I was an employee of of the uh, of the uh, Culvers in 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 yeah in in my town. Culvers is a hit. I um you know what I honestly I became vegetarian before Culvers hit. Um, but my oh, my dad lives on butter burgers. I think he probably eats one a week. That looks like a hard. Oh, wow. I was in there after a rush. Whenever and, and Culver's looks like an incredibly like it looks like there's a lot going it, on back. I mean, there. hamburgers and ice cream is what it keeps is. the suburbs running in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, we have Dairy Queens, yeah. we have Dairy Marts, we have like everywhere. Every mm. every town in Ohio has a soft serve ice cream place, and oh yeah, that is always busy. And uh, Culver's came in as like a different thing, I guess. And uh, there is one in my hometown, but I do not know it well. What was your experience? All right. Um, uh, At at times, it it was slow and chill and and, and, and okay, but but it got hellish there. Like, 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 it is hot as fuck back there like like yeah. uh like a eight like yeah like eight times out out of ten i was um i was um i, I was uh on the uh on the uh fryer so so you know oh, cheese curds yeah. chicken tenders just steam and, and just stitches. steam so you're throwing so throwing frozen out. shit into fucking 400 degree oil and all that steam is coming yeah. off just all over you. <laughs> You're covered in it. Uh, just, just, oh, just the the smell. Yeah. After work is it, it, just it, it's terrible. It's hot, hot as shit. The I've I've got I've I've got gotten, gotten splashed like 
eight like eight times is not fun. It, it, it hurts. One time we like, were when like, I worked it, at, like it is bad. Yeah, when I was a kid, I worked at the All Star Cafe, which is like the Planet Hollywood, but for sports stars. There was we, just we, one for everybody. We were throwing then. we were throwing a fucking football around in the back. And someone missed it and tipped it, and it went into the fucking fryer, and it like splashed everywhere, all over no. people. It was oh my so gosh. fucking funny. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I did uh, I I did um, but at McDonald's, whenever you ran this the uh, birds, you'd pull those hoods down, and they would sit on top of them, and then they would pop up, and it would like that steam would hit your face, and like people. Yes, oh. you smell like bo when you yeah, leave a job like that. that for sure. But you also smell like trash and grease, which is underrated part of that <laughs> job. And motherfucking, if you touched onions at all, you gotta. Get, I mean, you gotta invest money in that steel bar or soap. Do you ever get that steel bar? No, I just got Gojo. No, there's this Orange there's this little Joe. steel bar oh. that you just rub your hands on that gets away like all the onion nasty. It's like some it gets it gets rid of some of the enzymes or whatever the fuck it was, but no. it like. It affects Damn. it in a heavy... Yeah, you got to look it up. That's the thing to get. I think I do. Did you quit Culver's yet? Uh, all right. Huh? Did you quit Culver's yet, or are you still working there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So so the so the uh, main part of, 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 of my tale, so, so I got uh, called out by the, uh, the GM and his... Um, as um wing as uh wing per person for uh being too aggressive and not respecting the people's space during rushes, which one is impossible because it is tacked yeah. in yeah. in in there. So so that's how things get done. Have to go fast or 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 else we're all fucked. Right. So, well, I so, I actually looked yeah, in. So I I looked just back to off at, at myself and at them. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I when I that was the thing that struck me when I went to Culver's the one time. I've only gone once, but there was just an astounding oh, amount of amount of people working and 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 just an amount of machines that like it was so. It looked Brett. It looked like you know how when you go to those truck stops when we're on the road and they're the regular truck stops that fucking tour buses and shit stop at. Yeah. It looked like that. There was like that number of employees working. I can't imagine being able to not get in people's yeah. space. Yeah. So what did you uh right. did they did they fire you for that or or just kind of get in your shit about no. it? No. Uh no. So like uh 2 days after that I I uh, I uh, put in my 2 weeks cuz cuz shit got got really toxic after that like i like i don't know how but but just the people were were just shit were just shitheads oh oh shoot um there's this one um shithead guy that um that um was that was in my um graduating class at high school um and he just says the the N word with no recourse whatsoever. Just 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 irks me right the fuck off. So yeah, yeah it's just terrible shit. Yeah, that sounds horrible. 
Well, uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know. Oh yeah. I probably never go to a Culver's ever again, not because they deserve it or anything, but just right. based upon your anecdotal evidence, it seems like somewhere I'll never give a dollar. Oh yeah. Seems like good enough reason. But they pay. <laughs> what, what was the what was the uh, pay? Can I before we hang up with you there? Was it uh, was it seven dollars an hour or fifteen dollars an hour? Was it that? Um, which side of that? So, was it? Let's see. So let's see. So for let's see. So for my state, it's uh nine. It's uh nine forty five. And and yes. And uh, oh oh I oh yeah and. I uh, and I and I and I uh, quit like um like uh four days after I I I um I um put in my um two weeks so you know yeah all right okay welcome yeah welcome yeah. Well, have a good night fuck Culver's it's not a good idea to eat a hamburger you and a too. fucking ice fuck cream Culver's, immediately right. after it I mean like it's just that's a bad meal. You know, something that we should learn is that you don't have like a half pound of ground beef and then wash it down with sugared ice cream, you know, mm. sugar milk. That's what I'm about to go do after this show. You're going to have some? Yeah. It's the shit. I mean, it does keep you nice and healthy and, and rowdy and thick. And so you can put your back into it, you know. Yeah. I've grown out. I have some shirts from last year, summer shirts I've dug out that are like mediums and I'm just not there anymore. I'm like daddy weight where like it's silverback gorilla time. It's just like all the, all the excess uh, faux meats are catching up on me, you know? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I'm wearing sleeveless shirts. I have my come and go. <laughs> How's shirt that going? Sleeveless. Yeah. Sleeveless come and go. That is sleazy. It, yeah. It makes me look badass. I got yeah. it. Yeah. The other one it. is one with a cowboy with a gun. Yeah. I am doing a goatee in October. October, there will be goateed Brian. I might do it for the whole month, and I might dye it black. Wow. I'm thinking about it. I love it. You said you wanted me to do it last Wednesday. I said during Jocktober, I'm thinking about having a goatee, and you were like, well, you have to have a goatee during Jocktober. I was like, okay, maybe I will. Do it. (laughs) There's no reason. It's not a visual show or anything. Well, you you have a reason to take some selfies. Yeah, that's true. All All right. right, Let's see who our next caller is here. Thank you for calling Street Fighter Radio. Who are we talking to tonight? Nobody, it sounds like. Skeleton? Oh, no. Oh, no. Skelly? Hello? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hey, what's up? Oh, my goodness. Brought back from the dead. uh, I was muted. I'm sorry. Not by us, though. What's going on? (laughs) Am I on the air? You are on the air. Oh, hey. uh, What's going on? This is Patrick in Chicago. What's up, Patrick? How you doing tonight? Nothing. I just... uh, I just got off work a little bit ago. Well, that's good to hear. Not that you had to go to work, yeah. that you're off of work. Yeah, not doing it anymore is always a relief. Yeah, yeah. It's so nice. Yeah, I work from home. Oh, so you're really nice. So I don't have to like go anywhere. Where you at? Where did you? Yeah. So you're like, at? Are you at like a bar or a library right now? Uh, no, I'm just at home. Yeah. Oh, you left work. You worked from uh, home, worked. and now so you have, at home. do you have like an office at your house, and now you're in the living room. Basically, yeah. Got you it. Got it. How'd you know? My dad does that. You want to hear how nerdy my dad is? My dad has, yeah. my dad works from home and he's so afraid to get fired that he shuts and locks the door to the room and he leaves his phone and stuff outside and works diligently 
the whole time. He will not leave the room until wow. his break and his lunch. He takes his breaks He's and like, his lunches at home as a telecommuter. <laughs> Damn. That is, I, I mean, I, I, I used to be like that. They, they have this, like, I don't know how much I should say. I don't think my boss listens to this, but they have this program where they, like, screenshot your screen and they, like, track your keys and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, I don't think anybody uses it. I don't use it a lot. And, like, I honestly, I've gotten drunk a lot on the shift and shit like that. <laughs> like, I am not. I'm fully checked out, I think. Do they? So props to your dad, I guess. Do they know you're on, like, so do they know if you access social media and stuff? Is there tracking on your computer, I guess? You're working you remote. look at your phone, though. Are you working remotely for a larger company? Yeah, it's for a big company. But, okay. like, I, I don't know. They, I mean, they're not. Nobody ever gets disciplined. Like it's very chill in that way. So I, I guess I have that much to. So they have the. I they do. they have. This is one of those things. This is like when I'm selling drugs, like through Facebook Messenger, where I'm like, they have the ability to like completely throw all of us in jail if they wanted to, and they're just clearly not executing that. You know. No, I don't. Th- I think that a job like basically these big corporations, right, that let their employees work from home. I don't think they truly care that much like they have they put on a, a a show because they don't want you going home and getting yeah. shit hammered and sleeping all day and never opening your computer but it's kind of like the thing that happened when we always talk about that that story of me working at kroger and they said this camera can read the date on a dime like they're just telling you uh, that security there is security but i really think that I, I got to tell you, I don't I don't even think they give a shit what you do in your home as long as the work gets. Are you at home every day? I I yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's, I mean, we go in for meetings and stuff, but like, yeah, most of it. I, but I think you're right. I mean, they don't No, I don't think anybody's ever gotten in trouble. I think they just like, I mean, people do the work. Like they don't you don't have to breathe down their neck like anywhere to do stuff that they say they'll do, they'll they'll do it. There's no jobs where you have to like, that's, that's the most frustrating thing I think about working at at this time in history or probably any other time is that like, uh, people are very willing to do the work that they're being asked to do and paid for. I don't know anybody that, I mean, obviously like there's guys like me who are like, I should get paid just for showing up and you should also buy my lunch and you should uh, let me do anything I want. But 99% of people are not me. And, and they kind of are like, uh, I go to work and hand me the tasks. I can do the tasks and then go home and, and they don't have a problem with the tasks. I, I talked to so many people, my wife, uh, when I was a stay at home dad, there was a lot of conversation about uh, who was going to stay home with the kid if we decided to do it. And, and, and you know, when you when you go to be a stay-at-home dad, a, a lot of more traditional type people think that you're a scumbag. <laughs> like yeah. a, like a, a sleazy mooch guy. Lazy. And, uh, uh, but play video games all day. Yeah, and my wife just was like, I need to work. I, I got to go to a place. I got to do stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that affliction, so I'll be the one <laughs> that stays home. Yeah. But, like, that... that most people are like her. Most people do need something to do during the day. And if they didn't have it and uh, the rest of the stuff that goes around the disciplining and, and the cracking down doesn't even seem to have a function really to me other than maybe squeezing like a slight bit more work. But I don't even think they get that. Yeah, I think it really is yeah, just well, a control thing. 
it's got to be similar to that. Uh, we, we got the partial van on you or whatever, like just where they use lingo and jargon to try to like throw you off from what you're doing. Right. Got to be related to that. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I listen to you guys all the time. I, uh, I've never called in before now. Uh, I'm a big fan. So thanks for, for all you're doing. Uh, and every time I listen to you, I, I just want to tell my boss to fuck off. So thanks for giving me that, that energy. I appreciate that. Yeah. I I've never done it yet, but yeah, there was, um, you know, there was a time when I was working at the warehouse and every Friday, I would just be ex- so excited that the work week was over and I would listen to uh, uh, Dead Kennedys, their version of Take This Job and Shove It. And uh, it was just like my favorite thing. Like every Friday, I would just have it reeling through my mind. Um, just Jello Biafra talking about punching your boss in the face was like the best thing in the world for me. So, uh, yeah, that I'm, sounds great. I'm glad I can provide that for somebody else, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for for all that you do. Uh, I'll let you go on to the next caller. Yeah, and thanks for the story. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. Let's see who's on the phone here. We got a few more. Don't call in. It's too damn late to call. We don't want to be up all night. We got things to do. I got a G1 to catch up on. Oh, really? Grade one. Is it on right now? It's not right now, but there's an Okada Osprey episode or match yet that I haven't seen. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What's up, fellas? It's Sam from District Sentinel Radio. What? We're ah. going to be spending Tet 12 days Sam with Sack. you soon. That's right, man. <laughs> Sam no Sachs, District so Sentinel. Yeah, the Sam Sachs. First time here. Yeah, this is exciting you know, to talk to you guys. I, like, uh, the, when me and Brett first conceived of doing a tour with other shows, the one show we knew would be fun to be on the road with was you guys, because you guys are the only ones that party like Brett. <laughs> well, and we party, also- we party like you too. We'll, 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 well I'll, I'll hit the sack early with you after the shows. Here, you know what? Here, here's the other. Here's what the people don't understand. You party like Brett is true, but that's all. That's also because you work just as hard, and. What people don't know about you is that you put a lot of work into your shows and they're like the shit. I love the way that like when we did the show in Columbus, y'all came out here to Columbus and did Pittsburgh and all that. And uh, the audio stuff, the way you do your segments live, y'all are show people. It's not like a boring ass podcast where you're like sitting in chairs and just being dorks that talk to each other. Like you are show people, like you're showmen. Like the Sams put on a good fucking show. I love seeing what y'all do. And uh, it's taken a while for us to get this all together, but like leveling up and getting you to be a part of this. I mean, these shows already are the connections you have, the political connections you have in DC means that this show this Sunday is uh, just going to be a historical, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, special guests for uh, the Sunday show. And, uh, yeah, we like to put on a spectacle. That's the point of the live show. We, we haven't been able to, we haven't done a live show since our 420 show last year, which was the house show that would turn into kind of a disaster. Like we almost got in a fight with our sound guy in the middle of the show. <laughs> I <laughs> like to drink. Too much. It, smoked too much. it was a wild night, but it's going to be good to get back, uh, 
get back in front of audiences again with all of you. The, the craziest thing about the Sams is that, like, if you just listen to the show, or like they, the aesthetic almost feels it is news. Like they are reporting news, news. and they are talking about the actual shit politics that are happening in this world. They, Boring stuff. They are the reason that me and Brett don't talk politics anymore because we're like, somebody else can do that a lot better than us. But, uh, but, but like, you guys are the most fun dudes to do things. Like, it's, I've always had fun on stage with you guys. The, our shows with you guys are always fun. And uh, so you excited to be on the road? Are you excited to be, to be out uh, among the people in the South for a few days? Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm from the south. I'm from Florida originally, just uh, about an hour south of Jacksonville, Daytona Beach. We'll be in Jacksonville on the first. People need to get tickets. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I actually uh, for for some attire in the van, I bought some sleeveless shirts uh, this weekend, Brian. So I'm sleeveless. I'm not, I'm not normally a sleeveless shirt guy. Not, uh, I don't think I can really pull them off, but it's going to be the south. And we're going to be in a van, and you're going to be with the sleeveless shirts on. So I'm doing it's it. It's going to be suns out, guns out the whole the tour. Thing. I'm a sleeveless shirt guy now. One, I'm definitely a sleeveless shirt guy. Also thinking since I do a lot of the driving, I'm I'm going to probably buy a grunt style shirt so that if we do get pulled over, <laughs> ah. that motherfucker's going to look right in a car and be like, oh, this dude's grunt style. So yeah, let he, them go. He, he's okay? on the level. Well, <laughs> Me. Well, you're also you're also getting the choir robes that we can all be wearing in case we get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, me and Brett have been talking so much about like hiding the drugs and stuff like that when we go down there. Like, let's not get in trouble. Let's not get pulled over. We are a van with ten people in it, and uh, who ten knows? Suspicious if, looking people. It's just every Sam Knight is the most suspicious looking person in the van. I'm gonna say, <laughs> yeah. well, anybody that wears slacks with like uh, tennis shoes. <laughs> Is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's out there. The first time I met, like, the first time I met you, Sam Sachs, uh, I was yeah. I was super intimidated by you early because you you do news like you have a news guy voice. He swabs. He's the debonair. Stuff. He's debonair, but he also smokes a ton of weed. He also has, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> but Sam Knight, the first time I met him, uh, I, I I can tell this now. So when Sam Knight followed me on Twitter, uh, I, like I got super excited because I was like, dude, this journalist, like this journalist is following me. What, like, why would a, because I thought, I mean, I figured like Sam really care. You guys both carry yourselves like journalists. And I was like super intimidated. And then I went and met Sam the first time. Like that was, like and he was taking, uh, he was, he was carrying his cigarette it spliffs in a, a Ziploc bag and eating a frozen <laughs> pizza that he was just laying prosciutto on top. Yeah. Of. There was a, the, do you remember? So yeah, I want you. I want to know your uh, input on this. Do you remember the show we did when we first met, like years ago, when like Sam was baby dog sitting someone's yeah. house, that big fancy dog. I do. Remember and Dank that. Metal was there. Yeah. yeah. And we recorded a show on the patio, but the batteries in my portable recorder ran out. So it was just like 35 minutes of rambling. Oh, just really killing it. Yeah. But now we're good at this stuff. So that's, Do you remember that, though? I don't think Sam Sachs was there. He dude. wasn't? This was pre-District yeah. Sentinel days. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I don't I don't think I was there. That might have been for the emo frog radio hours. No. No, it, it was just pre District Sentinel days. It was I just was the only just... show out was Street Fight at the yeah, time. Yeah, I guess. What Sorry. so uh how how is everything going over? I, I know that like what made you guys start District Sentinel, I guess. I'll we'll ask that so people that aren't familiar with you can know what, what we're doing on the road. I mean, we started this back in twenty fourteen. And we just thought there was a real shortage of, of of outlets reporting the kind of the daily grind news out of D.C. on federal policy from a truly left-wing perspective. And you had tons of, of liberal news outlets. And you had tons of conservative and right-wing news outlets that are operating. So we thought they were – I mean, we, were, we started doing this before The Intercept came around and before all these other uh, other podcasts and left-wing news sites have come about. So um, – Back when we started it, yeah, it was it was we felt like it was necessary. And the community's just grown so much; it's great to see. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I still I think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of like comp- competing with the massive corporate news outlets and and the whole right wing just Nazi machine that's operating in the, in the country. Today, yeah, yeah. Media outlet. Well, what makes we, you it, uh, like we're doing what we can here in DC, and DC is kind of like the, the the epicenter of all these lanyard dipshit stuff. So <laughs> we do what we can to try and shame people online and on the show, and also reporting some important news that people who uh, subscribe to our politics might uh, find or might want to hear on a day to day basis. Yeah, and the cool thing is like. Uh... Chapel Hill, North Carolina has responded really well. And a lot of people in that area have just like are just so starved for something like this. And it's always good when we like hit up these areas uh, because the amount of people that like meet each other and find out about other organizations and like the growth that happens in those these smaller areas is feels a lot bigger. You know, like if we go to New York City and one more person joins like a leftist caucus it's you know not as big as circumstances like someone that you know down in atlanta georgia or nashville you know start showing up to meetings for something you know it, it's uh yeah. it's it's like i don't know it's just such an it's so easy to do to get everybody together and stand in the middle of the room and just say all the nasty shit about politicians <laughs> that we all want to say yeah. but i'm i'm very grateful that we get to do it and and you know it's really not that easy. I mean, the thing about it is uh, there's plenty of jokes. And I just saw an article this week about is like, is there too many podcasts? And, uh, you know, I really don't think there are because the good ones rise to the top and there aren't a lot of good ones. Like most of them fucking suck. It is you know? like saying, most are there people, too many bands? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. everybody can have a try at it and, and, it, and like where it pans out. Sometimes it'll just be a hobby for somebody. But I mean, the care and concern that you put into everything um into your podcast i think it comes through but like your live shows i just love they're so smart and like just incredibly like you know and whip cracking like and when i look at good stuff when i look at their live show it was appreciate that i mean your guys's live show is something that like we would me and brett i think in the early days wanted to do sort of something a little closer to what what you guys do on stage but that's not sort of what the audience wants <laughs> from us, from me and Brett. Not, well, I'm so not saying that for you work. guys. The audience wants a certain thing from me and Brett. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. So I, I think it's really great 
to have. Well, we'll be bringing back some of the uh, some of our our old hits as well as we got some new segments we're working on that we can't wait to uh, bring out on the road. And that's I'm what I so love. Segments, segments. That's man. what I'm trying to say. We do like we got the me, Brian and I. We like to do. We do the people can tell on their boss at the end that they get to write them up. You're going to bring one of your goods, one of my favorite segments. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just been such a good history. It's uh, it's really neat that we that we've hit this point. I remember uh, when we did the uh, J20 when we were doing the inauguration for Donald Trump. We just watched like a oh, fucking uh, we watched a limousine catch on fire and like a woman wow. get hit by a concussion grenade, all while like somebody else was just running doing their daily run nearby and we left all that commotion to go record with y'all and do a, do a podcast after that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. now, now we're, you know, now we're going to create some disruption down in the South. Right. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. yeah, it's such an honor to do this with you guys. Like you, you, like, uh, of the people that we want to, I, I mean, like, I'm just saying of the people that we pick to do this show, like they were the first on the list of of anybody, and then it was like, okay, who else can we bring? And the Trillbillies kick ass. Yeah, this you is gonna be I mean? like this is gonna be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Basically, this is just like <laughs> this is some Voltron shit. I mean, this is just like the perfect amalgamation of uh, of shows and people to all be crammed together. I can't wait. Uh, to get on yeah. the road, uh, it's gonna be. Still don't know what Xbox games we're gonna have though. That's yeah, a real bummer. Yeah, y'all. Uh, I mean, you're PS4 people. Are there any other Xbox games other than Halo? I, I wasn't familiar with Xbox much. I only knew people that played <laughs> Halo. On that so, so basically, what happened is on Monday earlier this week, we did a conference call with everybody in the chat to kind of get down what's gonna happen on Friday once we depart on this journey to pull this tour off, and uh, at the end of it. The Sams were like, I don't mean to make this like thing any longer than it should be, but you mentioned that they were going to provide an Xbox One. And I was wondering if we could just get like an HDMI cable that we could put our own <laughs> PS4 into that we'll provide ourselves. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I can send an email and Wade or whoever, whoever the guru at the customer service has not gotten back to me yet. I'm going to have to call him on the phone. I think. You know what? That. I mean, that's, that's near the top of the list of priorities. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> drugs. I, I have to say, station. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have to say, as management, I wanted to take your concerns into account, but as a problem solver, I want to say it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. So we take the van with the Xbox, rip that shit right out, and plug whatever you want into it, and then there see if go. they charge us for it. I love it. We, me and Brad, have always so. felt that way too. The the permission thing. We've we've gotten in a lot of trouble at venues for that. Yes. And uh, yeah, just wait until the end. Wait until I. Wait until the end of the show. Okay. Well, Sam, thank well, you for I, calling in. I know, and I know, yes, we're 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 honored to go on this tour with you guys, and uh, we've got each other's back. We're gonna make sure that you don't get robbed while you're taking a piss. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, okay. If you I, see your bro, if someone slides up on your bro and like puts their pockets in there, you're like, whoa, happen. whoa, what's going on, man? You bash, you gotta bash somebody's head off a wall. It's not gonna happen like to me anymore. Woo! I'm a different the person. Turn around and pee on the guy. Do not. <laughs> yeah, pee on the guy works. I hey, just, you know what? You guys can. You I'll know, tell you what. I, I know you're. You're. Well, I know we, you we, got, we got. We got a couple more calls. 
I know you guys think yeah, it's hilarious, but I would whip somebody's ass if they did that now. No, you I'm wouldn't. A much no, you wouldn't. Braver person. And you know, you know, you wouldn't because you said you did it, and uh, we know what <laughs> Sam Sachs would do because you know why? I watched Sam Sachs punch a motherfucker right out of his sandals <laughs> right on video. I've seen it. I saw the video. It's true that Sam cold cocked this dude that just put him to sleep, just really put him to yeah. Betty by. Like he was out like a light, came out of his shoes uh, for doing some misogyny shit. So I don't know. Like you're talking to somebody that really, that really is about it, you know? Okay, I can do. You got slipped up upon. You were just like, whoa, oh, oh yeah, those are your pockets now. Get in there. (laughs) (laughs) Not fair. This is not fair. I wish. Brian, you know, here's the thing though. But I mean, that's what people like about this show, to be honest, is that I'm, you know, me and Sam, you know, we're a bunch of people that will punch you right in the face. But Brian, he really is doesn't believe in private property at all. Like, he okay. shares everything with do. anybody. I, he would give – if you walked up and took the clothes off of him, he would just be like, okay, I guess you need them. That's fine with me. It wouldn't bother him a, wouldn't bother him a bit. That's not, you could just take the clothes off his guy. body. That's not what it is. Don't take things out of my pocket when I'm peeing. I will fuck you up. That's what I'm saying to anybody out there that's getting ideas. Thanks for calling, Sam. We really appreciate it. We'll see you on uh, Sunday or Saturday or something. We'll see you. All right. You take my money, you better jack me off. Hey, come on. That's That's true. That's That's true. Don't That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Kiss my, kiss Brent my neck. Me kiss, so serious. <laughs> kiss my neck and jack me off. They just took my money. It's yeah, that, they have to pay for it. Like, they have to provide something. All right. Thanks for talking to Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello? Howdy. Hello? Hi, is this uh, Street Fight Radio? This is Street Fight Radio. It's not customer service. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have got a story to tell you guys tonight. Okay. We're waiting. Um, We'll hear it. So, so, uh, essentially, I work for Lyft, and unfortunately, today I got pulled over while driving some passengers to their destination. Okay. Uh, so, so that, that, that was pretty awful to begin with. Um, How'd I you live get... in the South. I live in North Carolina. I hope to see you guys at Chapel Hill. Yes. It's going to be rowdy, dude. For, for real. Like, there's a lot of people. It's going to be so many people packed into some place. Then they're going to go bananas. Hey, I got pulled over once driving for Lyft, too. Did you let them out of really? the car? Yeah. I'm turned illegally oh, okay. off a of high street. There's this weird law on high street, which is kind of the main drag where you're not allowed to turn during certain hours. You just have to go straight through the whole middle of the town. And I wasn't paying any attention to the fucking sign. So I went to turn and the cop pulled me over and the guy just was like, all right, I'm out of here in my ride. And then he took off and got another ride. So that was what happened. Wow. To me. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I wish that that was my experience today like so what happened was um a i I live in a a small place in north carolina called greensboro and a cop pulled me over today while i was driving for lyft and all the passengers were like super fucked up 
And this was in the middle of the day, mind you. Like, I'm just trying to make some money, you know. I, I'm not even drunk or even tipsy or tripping on anything. And the next thing I know, this cop has been following me for about three or four blocks, and he decides to pull me over. And so I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this about? And the cop pulls me over, and my passengers are like, oh, we were talking to the driver the whole time. We were distracting him. The cop pulls up and says, oh, you ran a stop sign, and we are, we heard a complaint about people running this stop sign, so you're getting a ticket because you, quote, unquote, roll through the stop sign. Oh, God, rolling stop is the most bullshit. Yeah. Did they get, so they gave you a ticket? California roll. Yeah. I, That's sushi so, shit. So, so I, I get a fucking ticket for this shit. Everybody in the car is fucked up beyond belief. Sunday and fun day, baby. Like, so, so they didn't even, I, I figured, you know, like, okay, y'all are just going to call another ride or something. They all just sit in there and they're talking about like, Oh man, I'll, I'll pay for your ticket, dude. Oh! I'm there thinking, like, take him up. You no, know the fuck you are not. Yeah, like, no. I, I, if you do, I will be so happy. But no, the fuck you are not. No, if someone wants that, to, if someone yeah. wants to flex like that, if ever someone wants to say out loud that they'll pay for something, you can follow up on that for sure. You shouldn't feel bad about it at all. Like I would have took that dude's number down. Oh. <laughs> So I have the dude's number, and he goes, oh, dude, like, here's my number, but my phone is broken. Oh, and I'm God. sitting there thinking, like. Lying. Oh, He's no. a liar. That's the quickest way for you to get the fuck out of this. And then he goes, here's my first name and last name. Look me up on Facebook. Oh, God. Generic ass name. Yeah, John oh, yeah, Smith. Never mind. I never had mind. a. Some I, fucking Ryan. I, or I, Sean. I have this theory. Uh, this. My, Don't take uh, this as sad, okay? This is not a sad story I'm telling. It's just this new, it's this thing I've worked out in my mind. When I was a kid, my mom used to always tell me, like, hey, I'm getting you some guest jeans. And then she wouldn't do it. But she loved the part where she got to tell me she was getting Oh, yeah, guest yeah, yeah. Jeans. That's great. That is fun. <laughs> when you say, I'm going to do that. And then never do it again. No, but. And you feel like, like you did it when you say you're, you want to do it. I know. And that's what that guy did. He probably felt so great being like, I'm going to pay this for this lift yeah. guy's ticket. It's going to be great. I'm helping a guy out. It's great. I'm, I'm, he's probably fucking on Facebook right now. Like, I'm going to help this lift guy with this stuff because it's bullshit that he got pulled over. He went to the, off to the office in the morning and told it around the water cooler. He's like, yeah, this guy totally got pulled over some bullshit. So I'm like, I'll cover the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, what you ran well, my into. Favorite part, my favorite part about the whole thing was uh, so the reason that I ran or quote unquote ran the stop sign was that the guy is sitting there telling me out of nowhere within less than a minute of the ride, he goes, I'm vlogging you. Is that okay? And oh, I'm just like, no. oh, yeah. That's fine. How? So I'm not even paying attention. I'm sitting there looking at the camera, like, "Fuck, what is this guy doing uh, in the back of my car right now?" What vlogging was uh, he doing? Like, what was was he talking? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so these Yeah, that's waters. extra money, man. That's like a shoot. People got to get paid like union. You got to have somebody in the in the car that can drive and somebody that can operate the camera. You got to have a budget. I know. I'm this just paid. I'm stop. just paid to fucking drive. I'm not paid to perform. <laughs> You're not gonna bounce jokes off the back of my fucking head to get Instagram likes. So the worst part about it was that I pick him up at this bar that's like notorious here for being a bad bar. Yeah, and we knew that. I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know what? It'll be okay. And then I see this guy's facial hair, and he's white, and I'm immediately like. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he gets into my car, into the front seat, and he goes, there will be three more passengers. And I'm immediately like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, let's end now. This is the crew and you don't so, want. Yeah, and so they take me to this really fancy neighborhood in this town, and I drop them off. One of them is ripping on God knows what, like, he even said so on the ride, and the other two are so fucking drunk they can't even speak properly. And they're like, "Dude, we'll pay for your ticket." And I'm just sitting there thinking, "Thank you so much, yeah, for <laughs> offering to pay this thing that you are definitely not going to, you know." Yeah, yeah, that's so. How does that work? You just get a ticket, dude, and you, you pay the ticket. It's like if you were, yeah. if, it's like if I was driving you around, right? It's the same thing. Uh, they should be pulling Lyft, like pulling Lyft drivers over and ticketing them is some bullshit, right? You know, because you just took away five yeah. rides. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like when I was their age, I was driving the car. Like I was the one that thought I could drive the vehicle, and it's way better to have somebody driving a bunch of goofballs around. You know? Yeah. Well, thanks for calling hey, in. Hey. I, I do. I, Thank you. I think he's gonna pay it. I, I, I don't think he's gonna pay it. I think he's gonna tell people that he was willing to pay it, but you wouldn't take his money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, Charlotte's been watching this YouTube family that's like super suburban, and it's really bugging the shit out of me and Erica. Yeah, because they're just like these fat, like ham-headed, like annoying Walmart shoppers that are, you know, there's like seven of them. They have like seven kids or something, and they just shoot. They just record everything they do with their stupid lives that revolves around buying shit from Target and Walmart. What do they do? Like what just is vlogging the every day. They just like do the floors lava in their house, but they're <sighs> just like really boring. Sub- Urbanites. Yeah. I but, mean, Gwen watches a lot of that shit, too. I know. And that's what I said to Erica because she was being real harsh about it today. And I'm like, I just, they just will always want what they can't have, you know? Trisha Paytas. She does. She will be thankful that she didn't grow up out there doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gwen seems to, you know, I mean, we did it on the show, but she Gwen knows. understands. Yeah. She now know? knows. It takes, I mean, but at this point, but it, it's just like obnoxious. I think Erica is getting way more ignore, uh, annoyed by it than I am. You just, and I'm very, but I am. It's like, but, it is like, I want to stop and be like, these people are just garbage. But what, what, how did, you probably didn't have this experience, but how did you react when your parents hated your shit? You know what I'm saying? Like your parents didn't. Maybe they didn't talk. My parents, I like, my dad I hated scar- my stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, like my dad hated corn 
My dad hated rap music. My dad hated at like this, the movies I liked and shit like that. So when this, my kid was that age and I looked at the shit she was doing, oftentimes I would just be like, oh, well, you know, I'm supposed to hate this. That's the way it well, is. Well, this is the thing is that she goes to all kinds of multicultural festivals. She's lived in multiple cities at this point. And I think that like her rebellion is watching like, you know, mouth breathing suburbanite van driving people like she is into that like she likes the big box lifestyle you mm -hmm. know like she yeah. thinks like that's it's like a, it's something that she can't get from you know us like riding our bikes to the fucking farmer's market like that's something that you know that yeah. like so it, it, ma it, it makes sense it's just like you're always just going to want what you can't have that's just going to be enticing you know to think about the things that you don't know yeah, and I mean, Gwen talks a lot. When Gwen was younger, she talked a lot about kind of the the rural and suburban lifestyle. Big gigantic thought, house. Yeah, that she was five just like, brothers and sisters. Yeah, she was just kind of like, oh, that must be the way because that's how other people live. But it's like, nah, that's like not how we. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> that's not what we're gonna do. So you have all the power in the world to do this. And when you're 18, you can move to the suburbs and do this thing. If you want. And I, I mean, I don't think she's going to want to. No. I mean, that's the thing with them. It, you let them go and go and go. I was always with, with Gwen. I've always been kind of a, like, I was surprised even on the show we did with her when she mentioned, like, I know these people are selling me a life that doesn't exist and that I can't get because nobody sat her down and. I've never sat her down and told her that. I've never had that conversation with her. I think she understands it. Yeah, it's lens. It's yeah. all lens. And and I think uh, I was I was also I said the same thing. Where because I had only heard like secondhand things from you about what your approximation of things were, and I was just like, like how do you like how do you save a child from the pitfalls of being a child when when you when you remember doing it and every adult could never puncture through in any sort of meaningful way but she did understand like she said that's why i said i'm so relieved that you said that to me like i'm just sometimes i sit up at, in the middle of my night and i'm like you know i'm having fuck, like i hope she doesn't feel bad about this stuff like i really want to figure out how to alleviate the pain of not having you know expensive clothes and stuff like I'm, that is i'm know? actually having an, a thing with her now i, I had like a kind of a conversation with her recently that i thought uh would be interesting and it was um so she's been going to volleyball and during the summer they do volleyball practice every week and uh she went and i said hey dude how was volleyball stay on the line last caller we'll go ahead and take him no go ahead i said so hey dude how was volleyball and she goes uh eh. and i was like oh you're not good like do you think you're not very good and she's like i don't really want to do it anymore and uh, she said the same. She was like, I was like, well, why don't you play soccer? I don't really want to play soccer. I was like, do we need to get you a tennis racket? And she was like, eh, I don't want to really do tennis. She was like, you get into these things and they seem really fun. But then after I do them for a little bit, uh, I kind of don't like it. And I said, so like, why the pressure to play a sport? Because it seems like you might not like sports. Might be the issue yeah. is that you're like not a sports person. And she said she just feels like everybody thinks that she should play a sport. And Katie has oftentimes said things like, uh, oh, I want her to play sports because it socializes her. But I, I, I kind of 
finally like had the conversation. I said, look, nobody expects you to play sports. Like nobody's telling you or making you play sports. It would be nice if you found something to do that you enjoy, even if that's not sports, if it's anything and start doing that, because the only thing I can see that's a negative about you not doing a sport is turning into me when I was a teenager and didn't have not having interests, you, you know, and like not trying because that makes you a nerd and, and things like that. And I was like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna waste so much of your life trying not to look like a geek for trying. And then like, so the kind of stuff I'm doing now, I didn't try to do comedy because I thought comedy was corny and comedy stupid. I mean, I'm living doing comedy now, you know? And uh, what if I had started doing it back then and like honed and sharpened skills and stuff like that and kind of tried to understand the world of comedy and, and stuff like that? Like, where would I be if I had started then? Where would I be if I had decided to learn to play guitar when I was 14? Because I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to play guitar when I was 14. I thought fucking playing guitar was the coolest thing in the world. And my parents had money that they could have bought me a used guitar or something like that. And I just didn't do it because I, I didn't want to look like a geek to people, you know? And like my fear now is that she turns into a person who doesn't do stuff. And like, I, cause I know, her, I know her struggle in a way. Like I'm a guy that understands the struggle of being really into things and then not being really into them anymore. And, uh, it goes back to what I said about, it goes back to the pool for me. And it's the same thing with when the grand theft auto games started becoming like open world where it's like, you say to them, like you can do whatever you want. And it's like, eh, I guess I'll do nothing then. Yeah. You know, if I can do anything I want in the world, geez, Louise, I guess I'll uh, choose to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's what she's doing too. And and well, uh, that's not. I mean, yeah, fourteen. You know, yeah, it's a, it's it's a very tumultuous period. It's you know, yeah, you don't want to do. I mean, but I, it's just as a person who, I I, I said this. I'm the same with Charlotte. I want Charlotte to be athletic, and I want Charlotte to be into sports because I was kind of into them, and I've grown to be into like strength and conditioning and fitness and all that stuff, but. She doesn't have the competitive nature. She doesn't like to throw elbows in the same way that, like, I want to shove somebody against the wall, you know? Right. And if so I'm trying to, like, just step back. But I do want her I do want her to pick something like, would you like to learn the piano? Would you like, learn, like to learn how to paint? Would you like to learn how to drive stock cars? Like, I would do anything in the world if you just said, this is my passion, you know? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, you're... It does, it's, I don't think it's bad to say, hey, uh, I would like you to try soccer and play it for one season. If you don't like it, you can get out of this fucking thing. I don't think that's bad. I, I think that pushing them to do do it once they know they don't like it, because that's the thing. They don't know that they don't like yeah. it. When they're Charlotte's age, even, you can just be like, look, what is there one of these things that you would be interested in and then let her try that thing and then see, cause I could see but her I think being it, like, I like playing softball. But, I like playing T-ball. I like playing uh fucking uh, basketball or any of that. But as a, so as a parent, what I have to think about though, is that like, you have to, how many girls are on the volleyball team? Like a dozen, how many girls are in that fucking grade? Like a h- couple hundred, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like the amount of people that are the amount of kids that are doing the sports is very slim. So to expect that like every kid is just going to find their way into some sort of sport or something is, you know, stupid. And, you know, uh, what's what's nice is uh, talking to uh, Drew Toothpaste's daughter. She's like, I, she's like, I like to do art stuff and creative things. I'm not into sports at all. Like she's like, and it's just very upfront about how it's like, I, I just don't think that works. I don't think that's going to work for me. Well, I think, and Gwen I understand that it. shit too. Yeah. I think Gwen like wanted to, she, you know, she's interested in photography and shit like that. I just don't, I think she's 14. And I think at 14, you worry about the way people perceive and, you. And if you said, Hey, I'm a photographer now I can go take pictures. Also, she has access to, a you world. are not, you don't put the, you don't put the hammer down. I mean, no, the, the, the societal pressure and the norm is that, you know, at this period in your life, you're supposed to decide basically what you're going to go to college for. You know, you're, you're going into high school and you're supposed to try to study and learn things and figure out what it's going to be to pick something for the rest of your life. And, you know, uh, Fucking nobody I've ever met has like no. made that happen. Nobody figures out who they no. are until their thirties. I don't care what <laughs> yeah, anybody yeah. fucking says. I don't Absolutely. care if you're a twenty nine year old and you're like, I know who the fuck I am. I promise you. Nick Hayes is pretty good. Nick Hayes is going to be a completely different person at thirty five. That's true. That's true. That's true. He is great and he does a lot of great stuff and right, he has but you're beliefs, right. but. He's also uh, next level. Thirty is at next level. Yeah, he hasn't gone through the the real ringer yet. The heartbreak. He hasn't gone through because like heart adulthood is heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have to go it's through the same a certain thing. amount of that, and you haven't been you you really haven't been around very long, you know. Or just see, watch five presidential elections. Yeah, I always think about that. You go through a few yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, if once it pre- comes around again, you're like, oh no, there. It's the same thing over and over. We relive it. It's like or a- like when the guy, like when Trump won. The first instinct to me was like, that's eh, all the same anyway. You know, we're every over, time. We're, we're doing overtime right now. Oh, okay. Let's, Let's get this uh, call get in. This we got one in. more call. Let's get this show done. For get out of here. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Sorry for hey. leaving you hanging. Who? What's up? Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, it's all good. Um, hey, it's uh, Steve from uh, Kansas. What's Who? up, Steve? Uh, How are you? I'm doing good. Just uh, hitting this uh, wax here. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, I I got a quick cop story. But first off, like, I'm sorry y'all lost despite the uh, 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 the. Uh, uh, Midwest. <laughs> we didn't lose yeah, our yeah, spot. Yeah, they never invited us. <laughs> oh, the podcast. They know what to do. I think so. We should be. We're going to do a festival. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I got inspired. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so I got a quick cop story. Uh, this is like long time ago, it was about like a decade ago, but uh, this, uh, back when I lived uh, in the uh, in city area, and so I, uh, uh, dro- I was driving back from a buddy's house in Kansas City, um, and uh, I had car trouble, and so we actually uh, had gotten almost all the way home, and so we pulled over in this spot kind of uh, over by this uh, lake, uh, and so we... Uh, kind of like figuring it out and we actually kind of got it going again just as we actually got the car started uh two cop cars just pull up and uh so we uh we're 
I mean, I, I hadn't had anything to drink that night, and, and I was you know, like maybe a couple bowls in. There's nothing in the car or anything like that. Um, but he's had a couple drinks, but uh, you know he's not driving, so whatever. But uh, so anyway, uh, they uh, they immediately start asking us if we have anything in the car, and uh, we're like, no, we haven't have anything. And we're like, we're like, oh yeah, so can we search the car? And we're like. And we were like very young at this point. We're just like, no, we're not. We're not gonna let you search the car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so smart. The move, though. Hey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were like, you... we were like young and dumb, and so we were just like, you know, we just we were in, you know having that. Yeah, you know, I just watched that YouTube video of like, yeah, you know, you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. So. Um, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they, of course, you know, they bring like I think I would guess at least six more cars over. <laughs> And, uh, including a K9 unit. And, uh, they, uh, they, like, just go through the car several times and they don't find anything. In fact, there's one point where the dog is just sniffing this Burger King bag for, like, five minutes. <laughs> it was some chicken fries, dude. He just looks for food. <laughs> yeah. So, he's hungry. Um,. Yeah, yeah. It, it likes to sneak yeah. fries on the job. Like it finds them fucking chicken nuggets that fell under the seat and fucking scarfs them things up. <laughs> Those things last forever. They have them up in museums <laughs> and shit. There had, been, there had to have been ancient fries and, and, and chicken fries uh, and like chicken nuggets and stuff like that in there. Yeah, that was that, yeah, that definitely was the case. Dog don't care how old the food is. No, no. I mean, it was. I mean, it's gonna be a, a nightmare for like whoever has to like clean up after the dog later. But anyway. Um, uh, I, um, yeah, so anyways, they just basically give us, like, a, all the questions in the world, like, and so there's, like, one point where they, they're, there's cops just walking off in random directions, and so, uh, one cop who probably walked maybe a quarter of a mile away, at least, like, comes back with this empty, uh, like, box of beer, and he's like, hey, were these yours? <laughs> and, and, and he was, I was like, no. And he's like, well, uh, I mean, literary, like, like, just saying, you know, oh, we, no. we get you literate. I mean, that's the thing. They're trying to find anything to get us. And then, so they basically, it ends with, so, okay, well, you're here past hours. So we're going to go look up what's, uh, what the actual uh, violation for that is real quick. And then uh, we'll get back to you on that. And so it takes them 45 minutes at least. Always. And so they come back and they're like, they're like, so it turns out there was actually no law uh, saying that you, can, you can't be here past hours. And so you're free to go. Oh, my God. Just, uh, just about like eight cop cars, including a canine unit, to just basically uh, keep these, like, uh, dumb stoners up, like, way past their bedtime. Oh. That's basically so yeah. yeah, and so, like, that, 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 uh, that, that was the Johnson, yeah, Johnson County police, and so that was uh, definitely very, um, that's definitely, it, that's basically how they roll. That's yeah. basically just what they do all the time. Like, I, I've, anytime I'm in that area, it's just, I'm always seeing multiple cops, like, pulling people over. It's usually like like more than one. There's always a place. There's a place here. Um, I believe it's done now. Jason can probably help us out with this. Bryce is Bryce still its own little township? Uh, it still is. Yes. Okay, so there's this uh, in Columbus. There is a little neighborhood called Bryce, and it is one motherfucking road. And every <laughs> single person I know 
that grew up in my neighborhood. They have their own police station for about a quarter mile strip of road. And oh, yeah. every single person oh. I know has Just, been pulled over by them and had their car searched. They run a speed trap. They run a mis- municipality that's a speed trap, basically. They do, yeah. I, I, did you ever... Uh, did you fuck with that? No, Eric has been busted over there, but I never have. Yeah, yeah, over there by Little Sicilies. There's, it, uh, it's crazy, though, because they... they uh, if, if they get you, right, if they pull you over, all they have to do is look at you and determine that you're on drugs, and they will figure out how to get in that car. You know, or determine that you do drugs or that you've done anything. They will get in that car, man. Me at that age, anyone could have easily identified that I was on drugs at that time. Like, but so you know, hey, yeah, whatever. But that's exactly that's the thing is I uh, I think that's definitely an easy tool for uh for cops. I mean, and that is definitely like what most cops are doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Johnson, well, it's, I guess everywhere, but yeah, Johnson County. It seems like that is a real, bit, like, easy way to just like find an easy like arrest or ticket or whatever. Is so that in a state we're driving through? Is Johnson County in a state we're driving through? Uh, Kansas. Okay, good. We're not in Kansas. Yeah, we're just going through Virginia, anymore. which I'm still so worried about yeah. ever getting pulled over. And... That when you came here, well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm. Hey, have a great night, three butters. All right, good night. And if you want to come see us, head to streetfireradio.com. There is a post on there, on the right hand side of the page. If you're on a browser, I don't know what on mobile or whatever, but you got the main show. There's going to be a post that says Street Fight Radio on District mobile, Sentinel. On mobile is d- directly under. It's under. Yeah. So, if you're on your phone. You'll see the newest show. Below that, there will be a post. Click on it. It says Street Fight Radio, District Sentinel, Trillbilly Workers Party. That's us. That's going on a show. We have tickets. Um, So what I'm doing is I'm holding behind 10% of the tickets. So you can buy some to get up there. But I don't know. Like uh, it's it's 10 tickets. Like walk up and they're some selling. Places. There's yeah. a lot of places. Then they're selling well. Um, DC also, is going to sell. DC's the first show for DC is sold out. Uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina is getting close. I want to say uh, also, yes, the Colin show has been kind of wonky lately, and uh, I it's going Has like it? we haven't been doing it. Oh, we have, well, yeah. Okay. We took three weeks off. We came back. We did one week. We're going to take two weeks off again. But uh, we're committed to this show. It's just we are taking on a very heavy touring schedule until November. At, at the end of November, I believe we will be back pretty much every week until probably next March or April. Yeah, I can't make that well, promise, but I don't think we're doing much touring in the early part of the year because well, we've already gotten all the warm places. <laughs> what I would say is you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Is, um, you know. <laughs> Uh, we're happy to take your calls and people that show up and call in. You've been wonderful. This was a good fucking episode. Talking, you know, to Emily at the beginning was tight. Talking to Sam was cool. We got to talk about some of the history of the shows and how long we've been doing this shit. You want to come out to these shows? I mean, this is next level stuff. Okay. We've been doing a show by ourselves. Now there's three shows together. It's going to be two hours 
of screaming and yelling, hooting and hollering, booing and hissing, street fighting up and down the block. We're going to break the motherfucking walls down, burn the roof up. It's going to be a, a real fucking get down. So come to our live show. Find it. If you can't figure it out, like you're just not, you don't have it enough to get there. Message me. At this point, at this point, you know, Nashville tickets are on sale. Execute on that. Buy the motherfuckers. It's happening. Check your Facebook. Check your social medias. Check your emails. It's available. Check streetfightradio.com. Crossover event of the century. I know. I it's think. starting. It's just the beginnings. <laughs> It's just the beginnings. It's the powder keg. Uh, thanks for being here. If you want more Street Fight Radio and you know you're going to be upset that we aren't doing another call-in show this next Sunday because we'll be doing a live show in Washington, D.C., you can get access to hours and hours and hours full of bonus content over on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Street Fight Radio. There's also two dozen zines that we have available you can read and flip through for just $3 a month. That happens at the beginning of the month. I always say just count it as part of your rent. You know, for $5 a month, you get access to all of our bonus audio. You get access to all of the electronic zines. And for $5, you get access to our bonus video content. And later this year, the bonus shock jock radio content and some more, uh, some higher production audio content that's going to be coming in the future. So patreon.com slash streetfire radio is the place to find way more Brett and Brian. If there's not enough in your life and for absolutely free every single Friday, I've done the high five Friday, five fucking things that I like that are cool for you to check out or look into. They're good. The people love them. I'm very confident, confident that you can get something out of it. Head over to patreon.com. And even if you're not able to sign up for a monthly subscription right now, just get that email sent to you every single Friday because I've been watching some good movies. I've been listening to some good music. I got some good Google Chrome extensions. I've been reading the books and I've been writing a lot and uh, people are loving it. And, and I'm glad for the recent feedback that people have given me and hope to continue to spread that mess all over cart, all over that part of, uh, you know, the internet. So thanks for being here. We'll be here. We'll be back. Uh, what are we doing for the vacation? Did we talk There's about this? There's a Q and a that's There's coming Q&A out and, uh, instead will- of the Wednesday show. Well, here's the deal. No, we're going to record on Wednesday, right? We are recording this Wednesday. Instead There's of- a Q&A, and then I believe we're just going to come in the day we come back and do a show. Oh. The day after we come back and do a show. Well, And also, I think, uh, you know what's a real bummer, though? What? That first call-in show might be a solo Brett joint, because I'm going to see King Con and Barbecue that night. Okay. <laughs> Unless Brett decides to come, which I would prefer, because I'd like to party with my dude. But, yeah. uh, um, well, but w- yes, we're the uh, we're doing that. We're, we're going to have a Q&A show come out. We're going to have a... Uh, I want to say about the Q&A show. So, sorry to make this much longer, but in that Q&A show, someone asked about something our kids were doing that was like funny or cute that was like surprised us and i didn't have anything to say that like uh, on the q a when we recorded it but recently my daughter when she someone that was like watching her for the day told me that while she was playing house and barbies that she would be like 
ooh, I'm sorry, I can't help out with the housework because my back is really hurting me right now. So she's like been she's been copying me and my back problems and has been telling she's been incorporating that into her Barbie playtime now. Like Barbie's and Ken has back problems. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I it is true. You know what happened this it's week? Real life. Like, so what we do is we do this thing called moves. Where like I throw her in the air and do like this gymnastics aerobatics, but my back has just been like tweaked this week. And so now she's had all of her moves taken away from her and she's just been like spreading the word about back pain and how much it can tear apart her family. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can really just crumble things to the ground. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to look into what we have for Undercover Boss and uh, maybe record another show or... I mean, we might come in early Wednesday. I'm going to talk to you about Wednesday, gonna, maybe recording some extra shit. There's so. a billion things to get into. And some of you that say you've seen everything sure as hell ain't seen everything, right? Yeah. You get what you get. You don't throw fit. That's the, that's the new hashtag this summer. Check out all that. Uh, check out all that Undercover Boss. To- undercover yeah, there's boss so shit. many good There's a ton of them. Boss. You should watch every single one of them because they're very fun and people seem to get a ton of enjoyment yeah, out of it. It's like and honestly, Science Theater. I've had this conversation with Chris James, too, uh, from No Prank Radio. He said, I, I work really hard to put these videos together. And then people subscribe to him, and I'm very gratified that they pay me money to subscribe to him. But I can also see how many people watch him, and yeah, like, <laughs> it feels like a waste of time. Really? <laughs> yeah. He said he's done video. He's done. He's like, oh, uh, oh, uh, I, I made this really great video. I have, you know, however many subscribers on here. This is gonna be great. They're all gonna love it, and 14 people watch. Yeah, it. yeah. He's like, why? <laughs> They're you're paying for. It, consume it yeah get in there <laughs> well thanks for being here we're we will uh see you on wednesday night we are streaming live on twitch twitter facebook and youtube uh we're street fight radio and we're all we're trying to do simple get rid of all governments and uh, have a horizontally organized workers party of people that do less work and make uh, robots are slaves and uh, that's all we got to do to make breakthrough to the, the age of Aquarius we'll see you on Wednesday peace